Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag three, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? I believe in the sand beneath my toes. The beach gives a feeling and nothing feeling. I believe in the faith that grows. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Shut up, bitch! Look, I do disagree with something Tim Scott just said. Joe Biden doesn't belong on a picket line. He belongs on the unemployment line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that is funny. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Got him! I'm down. You are fake news. Congratulations, buddy. Are you trying to be funny? Very fake news. You talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. Jeez. Well, it's not my concern. It's not against the law, hopeful. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right once again by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. It is so good to be back. I was able to catch part of your stream last week and frank is just a delight that guy i uh, mm-hmm. he well we were talking midway through the stream that you guys need to have your own conversation at some point because without my prompts he was like filling the blonde role it started with sort of appreciation for putin and a little bit of props to china i yeah. forget where else it went but uh, he is so polite it was like you know the two match show, the Italian <laughs> mat and the Scandinavian mat show. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, I tried to give him a little bit of a time break. I said, let's aim for two hours. I'd, I'd like two hours of your time. And he said, no, nah, let's talk God and aliens and let's make it over three. So but that's the kind of guy that Frank is, uh, as I mentioned at the end of the stream, thoughtful and reliable. And that's why I appreciate his time. Oh. If people missed last week, uh, you can check out the stream, quite frankly, TV, of course, to find our friend. Frank, and we thank him for his time filling in. Uh, Welcome back from Japan. We're going to catch up on your Far East adventure momentarily. Uh, But it has been an eventful weekend of news. How about this line? Die, fi, fi died. Okay. As in Diane Feinstein finally died. You like, is that, I thought that was kind of clever. But if you don't like it, it's at least as good as Donald Duck from Chris Christie. But I didn't cringe myself to death listening to that. 
I didn't put it in the title of the show, Die Fi Fi Died, because I thought, you're not going to get it unless I explain it. So that's probably a crappy joke if I have to explain it. I don't know. The, the real mystery surrounding this is what was she actually dead? Has she been dead for seven years? We will entertain all theories, uh, including whether you're supposed to mourn or pay respect. Uh, our friend Justin over at Phoenix Ammunition explicitly celebrating the death of Diane Feinstein with uh, free ammo shipping to California and bags that say, lol, bye, bitch. And, <laughs> and a news story uh, as well. Uh, Adam Schiff, hardest hit, by the way. As we talked about last week, they were they were clinging Feinstein to life. Not maybe for the sake of her own power, but really because if she goes away, Gavin Newsom's going to uh, appoint a black chick to fill that seat. And Adam Schiff is not a black chick. So he's going to be at a disadvantage <clears throat> if Diane Feinstein dies. All sorts of drama in California about how this seat is going to be filled. But of course, our long national nightmare is over over the weekend as well, uh, at least for another month and a half. There will be no government shutdown until mid-November at the earliest Kevin McCarthy reaches a deal with Democrats to kick the can down the road and keep funding the government at status quo levels. So Matt Gates says he's going to try to remove McCarthy as speaker. Now, that's not going to succeed. But as we'll get to who supports and who opposes McCarthy is going to be once again, a very interesting fight in Congress this week. Uh, the most interesting part of what happened here is Jamal Bowman pulling a fire alarm at a congressional office yeah. building adjacent to the Capitol. And his defense is, I wasn't trying to pull a stunt. I'm just very, very stupid. And I actually believe him. He I actually is, believe him. Yeah. He is a remarkable moron. And yeah. so I, I think this might have just been that that trademark remarkable idiocy. But we'll we'll take a look at it. Target is closing down stores nationally uh, after, um, well, due to theft, they say after kowtowing to the theft for a few years. And that girl who streamed all the events of the Philadelphia looting, she got arrested and charged and she cried in her mugshot, but she's trying to cash in on getting arrested and charged now. Uh, the, the the hoodies at Foot Locker are free, but if you want one of her hoodies with her mugshot on it, that's $45. Oh, Lord. Meatball. People, people were uh, sending me meatball links and my mind went back to Jersey Shore. I was thinking like, did Snooki <laughs> or Dina get arrested no this is a new Not that you like that show um i'm ash am i ashamed to admit it i don't know no you've talked about it at length it's trash tv that i do enjoy although the 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 later seasons like the most recent seasons where they're all reunited and old yeah yeah that's depressing. unwatchable i haven't watched the last two or three snooki managed to age well though uh well she quit the show for a little while so maybe that was to her benefit Anyway, uh, we have some hoax hate from your uh, your old stomping grounds in Seattle later in the show. And tonight's movie review is The Dark Knight. So stick around. Movie review took a break last week, of course. We'll get back into it. And we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated, and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, 
Not anymore. The high noon safety razor from Western Razor is made in America with all metal, no plastic, long lasting construction and uses widely available double edge razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s until the big razor companies figured they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. Don't forget, you can still get the high noon safety razor in the rare and exotic rose gold finish. Plus Western razor also offers value packs to get your razor and a giant pack of blades in one great package. And did you know that Western razor also sells Caswell Massey shave cream, the preferred shave cream of George Washington himself. It's true. You can look it up in the meantime, Western razor is uh, working on their own shave cream to release soon as well. So shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing. When you pick up a Western razor, get 10% off your entire order using promo code MATT10. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from Western razor. Find everything you need from our friends at Western razor. Plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses like hero soap company, Phoenix ammunition, Sonoran defense technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals deals by listeners four listeners and don't forget all three of our signature soaps are also available from hero soap company you can try timberline and old west from yours truly or oat plus almond from blonde or try all three plus hero soap is also offering shampoo and conditioner promo code mc listener for 10 percent off everything at herosoapcompany.com find more information at mattchristiansenmedia.com slash deals as well to thank frank i sent him some of the soap i sent him the ball tingler, and I sent him your soap as well. I like so, how he came to the ball tingling a conclusion organically. It seems everybody does. I should have foreseen this, but uh, as soon as he found out about this, he was like, I'm going to put this on my balls <laughs> right away. Yeah. I look forward to his report back. Uh, quick announcement. Uh, now that we're back on our schedule now, back on regular schedule. So the call-in show will be back on Wednesday. Thanks for patience with basically what was a month-long break with that. We will be back with our regular Wednesday stream this Wednesday, October 4th. Couple of meetups before we get to your meetup internationally. But uh, while you were gone, there was a meetup in Dayton, Ohio. And because Dayton has a lot of Air Force personnel, they get reassigned frequently. So the group bids farewell to Amanda. And the Dayton crew also sends a shout out to Brittany, who was reassigned a few months ago as well. All the best to both of them. And there was a cookout in Pennsylvania. And I actually don't even know where in Pennsylvania, but somewhere in that state. (laughs) And I'm told that the burgers were properly topped with Kraft Deli Deluxe cheese. And that's an abomination. You guys should all be ashamed of yourselves. As I was writing that, I thought maybe that's how (laughs) I got the DVT. It was the Kraft Deli Deluxe cheese. (laughs) Uh, it's but not it's, even it's not even a deep vein thrombosis it's not a blood clot it's just a, a piece of cheese wedged in uh it might be yeah you never know but uh in case you don't like my cheese choice deep vein thrombosis dvt in case you don't like my cheese choice how about the cake choice i don't think we've ever seen such awesome. a cake in show history <laughs> very impressive i don't know if one of you guys made that or if you got a store to make it for you i if did the store know what that was i'd, I'd be curious about it how that cake was made. But uh, anyway, 
I will delay no further. Uh, everyone wants to know how your trip to Japan was. And I think no I, one wants to know hearing about somebody else's trip is like the most boring thing. Well, I envision we got this AI art from Jamie who does our movie review AI art. And this is exactly how I envisioned it. That's that's how I figured it went down where I look like way better than I actually do. <laughs> you look like you should I be was pregnant, married to Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. <laughs> um, do you have the pictures up? From yeah, the hangout they're list? cycling through. So, them, yeah. We did these um we did these meetups. I did one in Kyoto and one in Tokyo and it was so cool to meet some people in the international audience. Um it was just it was just incredible. Like especially the Kyoto meetup the people were well, I don't want to I don't want to diss my Tokyo. Meetup. That was really awesome too. But in Kyoto the people were uh, a lot of them were living in Japan and and not traveling through and it was just really interesting to hear their perspectives and everybody was so kind and accommodating and they got gifts for Emmeline and for me, and it was it was just so super sweet. I'm gonna get emotional talking about this trip. Wow. Ugh. Well, Japan. Yeah, I've never been on a trip like this before, and the, the Japanese people are are truly remarkable. They're like a an incredibly it's an incredibly high trust society. So there was one day that it was raining, and my husband had Emmeline on his shoulders, and um, this this old Japanese man like ran across the street to try to, um, to give us his umbrella, but because I'm a jaded American and like, I, I didn't understand <laughs> Japanese culture. Him. No, but I thought he was trying to shake us down. I thought he was trying mm. to be like, you know, when like a black person gives you a CD in New York, if you take it and don't pay it for pay for it, they'll just like beat you to death. Like I, I I've never I had like, that experience. No, that's a new one to me, but I could believe used, it. I suppose <laughs> I'm used to traveling in Europe or in American cities. Like if somebody on the street hands you something, you do not take it and so i was like no 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 and he was like baby wet baby cold and wet and he's because emily was on my husband's shoulders and i said no like a million times and finally my husband was like don't and just took it then later like i'm like sobbing about it in the cab ride because i'm emotional i'm pregnant and everything because i had projected my american like my jaded american values on this entirely different culture where somebody was just trying to do something nice and it i swear to god it did not even occur to me that it was just something kind like it was just a kindness that somebody did and that makes me really sad that like what i'm in a place in my is this <laughs> i know that did, i'm in a did place they do anything that pissed you off the I japanese thought you were, yeah i thought you were to come back with some hate in your heart no it was it was just the most beautiful life-changing experience and the people are so wonderful in tokyo on the streets of tokyo there are just bikes, like unlocked bikes, um, lined up on the street. There, there's hardly Unstolen any stolen bikes in urban centers. What is this place? Be- uh, there are no black people. I mean, no black people. Hey. <laughs> no, you mean um, there are no nurses? There- <laughs> yeah, totally. It's the nurses that, but it, it just makes me sad. It was the first time I've gone to a country where I wasn't like, I wish I could live here. I, I went there and I was like, I wish I were Japanese. Because there are downfalls to the culture, like they they have this culture of incredible politeness and propriety that has got to be a hindrance to um, a deeper understanding of of other people and like having a real conversation with people, because they're just so honorable and uptight and and formalities and everything like that. And so, like the conversations that we have on the show, like I just don't know that they really happen like the frank conversations and and that is a that's a problem right so we're not going to make it in japan this show i i highly doubt it 
all of our fans that watch the show, I'm pretty sure are. They all showed up. <laughs> every single yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, every single yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just an incredible experience. The food was amazing. The people were were wonderful and kind and so respectful and accommodating, even though we pointlessly firebombed their country. Uh, some I would know. say I mean, we had some reason, but uh, I'll, did we though? I'll allow did it. we really? Well, I mean, they they did do some stuff to us, but you know. someone did something. <laughs> okay, all right, it's fine. On, I just walked down. around. I told everybody that I love Hitler, just so they know that like I feel bad about Hiroshima. I was on your team <laughs> in that one. Okay, <laughs> the whole time. All right, <laughs> I understood. Uh, but um, it just gave me a different perspective. I mean, I'm I'm really happy to be back. Uh, because it, it's stressful. There are a hundred and I don't a hundred million people in that country. At mm. twenty seven million people in Tokyo, um, and I came back and I'm like, wow, there's all this space. So simultaneously, it made me happy to be an American, but also I've developed a new and deeper disdain for this country because we are never going to have what the Japanese have, and that is a homogenous trust, high trust country. It's just never going to happen here, um, which is a bummer. You know? Well, we do have national treasures like Chris Christie. That's the best transition. This was I could do. so embarrassing to. <laughs> no, I'm glad you I had a good time. I listened I'm... to it because I couldn't watch, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I... what, what was he thinking? He prepared that. That was a line he, he that he had ready in to mirror go many times. He practiced the look and everything. But I don't mean to move on from the point without saying I'm glad you had a good time, and I'm and it sounds like it lived up to what you hoped for. Oftentimes, you have these big. Uh, hopes for for what a trip or some something major is going to be and it doesn't really live up to it and you leave disappointed doesn't sound like that's the case here sounds like it was really worth the time and effort to get over there and spend all that all that time it really was and i strongly suspect it'll be some of emmeline's first memories and she just had she just had a great time everybody boy she was big in japan Ah, people were like that's how kawaii kawaii because she's got big blonde hair and so people were coming up and you know, touching her and like like an old Japanese woman came up to me and like and rubbed my stomach, which is a total no no in America. But it was like a really neat moment of understanding that like these are things that that we go through, that you go through, and and bringing a new life into the world. And I don't know, it was just an experience that I'll treasure for the for the rest of my life. And cool, I was sad to leave. <laughs> well, on the topic of Chris Christie cringe, I'm not going to go through all of Wednesday night's Republican debate because we're kind of past that in the news cycle. And because this one was even worse than the first. Now, because we didn't do the Wednesday show, I actually got to watch it live this time. We kind of checked in and out on the last oh, really? in August. But it was unwatchable, man. Seven people shouting over each other without proper moderator intervention. When I say it was unlistenable, I mean, like, I can't hear what these people What's are saying. What's going on? Wow, Nikki Haley really shit the bed, too. She just went into, like, full bitch mode. It was, <laughs> I'm really Why? going for that Hillary demographic or something. It I was, think that yeah. she perceived her performance as as too insecure or something in the last or polling said that. And then she just totally overcorrected. Well, which like, is weird because she is one of the few people with some positive momentum out of the first one. Now I say that because that momentum is very small as we'll get to in a moment, but she did not suffer from the first debate. We'll see if she does from this one. But the other reason it sucked is because it was in partnership with Univision or Univision. And so they had all these <laughs> left wing <laughs> questions that are like what are you going to do for illegals like the questions were they were all based on left-wing premises and that was really frustrating so just like last debate i'm not going to go through all of it i just want to appreciate the cringe factory that is chris christie and it's one thing to be cringe sort of accidentally you're you're not trying to when you walk into it chris christie spent all day 
uh, prior to this debate, rehearsing this amazing line into the mirror. Donald Trump is, is ducking debates. And so Donald Trump, Trump, I can't even say it. it it's too cringe. I can't even say it. Donald Trump is no. Donald Duck. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. The face. Oh, yeah. You like that? You like that one? You ever heard anything so clever? It's so painful. Doesn't he have advisors that are like, they wrote it for No, dude. Yeah. It reminds me of that Andrew Yang cheesing in the mouth. That was the worst. I forgot about that. When he actually, people don't remember, whipped cream. He was celebrating with supporters. Oh, it was was, whipped cream. It might have been. I thought it was whipped cream, but it might have. It was spray something, you know, uh, aerosol bottle food or whatever you call it. I don't, I don't even know what you call that, but you know, canned food that you spray. And, uh, he was, he was putting the whipped cream or the cheese in his supporters mouths. And then one guy actually like kneeled down before him in what looked like a bizarre sexual act. That, no, that Andrew Yang did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Yang was, uh, the kneeler. Oh, I thought he was the server. <laughs> I can't remember. No, I think he I think he got down and 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 got sprayed in the mouth. Didn't but he? See, I thought he whipped cream the guy's face. But maybe I miss maybe I'm we'll have That's to get not clarification. As bad. I remember I, when I was watching it, I wanted to be dead, though. So you heard it, it here. It's it only bad if a guy creams on your face, not if you cream <laughs> on a guy's face. One I is clearly <laughs> gay. And the other's totally normal. Anyway, oh. I, I, uh, Christy is not letting this go. He's he's tweeting out AI art like we just posted of you in Japan of uh, Donald Duck in a suit with Trump hair. And and the point, too, is like, OK, is he ducking now? Is, is Donald Trump not doing the debate out of cowardice as a matter? I would like it if Donald Trump would speak to the issues in these debates. But I understand oh, why he Donald doesn't. Duck. Yeah, he ducks. Just got oh, you didn't even get it. Yeah, he's <laughs> Donald Duck because he ducks the debate. But he's not ducking. It's like it, the argument. You look at the polling, he's 30, 40 points ahead, whatever. It's yeah. like arguing that the football team that is ahead by 30 points with a minute to go and they're taking a knee to end the game. Well, they're too cowardly to throw the ball downfield. No, there's no strategic reason to throw the ball downfield until you guys on the debate stage actually present an electoral threat to him. There is no strategic advantage to him joining. And so he won't. Would I like to hear him explain his stances on the issues? Sure. But I understand as a political matter why you wouldn't. And it's not fear. It's just strategic intelligence. Oh, God, I feel so dumb. And, and, and these people are not changing anyone's mind, by the way. Like, you want to get Trump on the stage, you're going to have to start changing people's mind. Since the debate yeah. started in August, Trump is widening his lead. According to aggregated polling, he's now up in the 60% mark among uh, GOP voters. Ron DeSantis has seen half of his support uh, leave him since January. He was up at around 30. Now he's down sub 15. Uh, Ramaswamy had a moment and he's plateaued a little bit. Nikki Haley is on the rise from two to 6%. But actually what you're witnessing is not the, the field pulling support away from Trump. It's Trump pulling support away from the field because the field sucks. So it's not, it's not ducking. It's not. That's cowardice. his whole it's, MO. That's his intent though, to show that he, that all of these candidates are just beneath him, even merely interacting with. Yeah. Which I think is wise. 
I, I totally get it as a political strategy. And it seems like it's paying off, by the way. His support is not falling. It is increasing. And it, it sounds like maybe a lot of people are just done watching. This This debate got uh, under 10 million people watching on cable. That's down from almost 13 million in the first debate. Neither Ooh. number includes the Rumble stream and video, which accounted for about a million and a half more views this time. But for comparison, like, is that a lot? Is that a little... The first Republican debates featuring Trump in 2015 pulled about 24 million views. So over twice the draw. People are tuning out on this. And if they're tuning out, that implies to me that they're kind of decided that they don't really. Yeah, I, I, I find a certain entertainment in this. But if you're the sort of person that's like, no, I know where my vote is going and I don't find it entertaining to listen to these people. Yeah. Why would you tune in? There's nothing. This in RFK thing, though, is going to change everything. I well, I'll be interested to really hear. Is. So. It's RFK is entering the field and you have a theory about this and I will be fascinated to see how this plays out because yeah. RFK, I think is a serious enough candidate with serious enough pull to mess up the general election for some, for sure. I think it's really smart. I don't think that RFK even knows that he's a pawn in this way, but, but my, so, okay. So he announced, or he's going to announce that he'll run on October 9th. Um, New York Times reported that he met with the chair of the Libertarian Party. So I think that what they're doing is creating this plausible deniability that RFK When you say they, you mean able, Democrats. Yeah. Okay. That RFK was able to peel away enough votes it, that it, it'll it'll obscure their their voter fraud. Their, you know, the, this this stealing the election outright thing like they did. <laughs> Last time, I don't think it's going to fly because Biden is a corpse and everybody hates Kamala Harris. So I think that they they need to be a little bit more subversive this time. So I think that this is really wise. And they can they will have some plausible deniability about like why the the support was peeled away from Trump, because the indictment is clearly not doing it. So I don't know. I think that that's I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think that this is going to be detrimental to Democrats. But they, they are capitalizing on this vaccine skepticism, which I think is just chef's kiss smart. For, I for actually Dems. I do think this is going to be detrimental to Democrats. And do you? Yeah, for for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, Biden as an incumbent. Yes, he leads massively in the polling. And yes, the polling is somewhat limited because it's a foregone conclusion that he'll gain the nomination. But you still see Kennedy in these polls throughout the last month pulling numbers like 20 percent support. That means there's no way that's true. But he has he does not have not, broad appeal for Democrats. Democrats hate his guts. He Democrats, only has appeal for vaccine skeptics, which is a wide community in Republican. It's enough be, to create this plausible be. deniability. But like, I, what Democrats but, do you know that are like, oh, I really like RFK. Like People even, think he's a Republican. But even if Democrats all stay home for Biden, what is the impact on independents who will decide the race? Uh, yeah. Independents hate Trump and they hate Biden. And yeah. I think that a lot of independents like the idea of Democrat policies that sound good, even if they don't like this particular Democrat because he's damaging their wallets with his policies that sound good. But the, the thing with Kennedy is he, even if he's sort of a weird Democrat that he doesn't toe the party line on everything, uh, he has the identifiable name and the sort of Democrat label attached to him that I think could pull a lot of soft Democrats or independent voters who might otherwise abstain from the vote or I don't know, maybe would maybe would support Biden. I mean, the, the country is in rough shape, but they hate Trump so much that they might still vote for Biden anyway. I yeah, I would be shocked if 
if this was an intentional Democrat operation, like pushing RFK, I would be shocked. If they are sitting back thinking, seriously, maybe this benefits us and he's just kind of an unknown, like an unknowing participant in their scheme. Maybe. No, I think that they created like major incentives, uh, like a major incentive structure for him to run. Um, hmm. I don't know. I have a hard time believing this is anything but like wildly calculated by Democrats. We'll have to find out. I uh, it, it will be just, it will be interesting to see who he damages. If he starts pulling numbers like even five percent in a lot of these competitive states in a general, whose five percent is he taking is going to decide that state. And uh, yeah, this it, 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 there's no way Robert F. Kennedy is, is going to become president, obviously, but he has enough interest and enough support to really mess things up. And I'll be interested to watch this campaign. Um. I should have given more time to this. Uh, I just I didn't have enough time to read up on this this week. But the lawfare against Trump continues too. now. It's not just trying to lock him up necessarily. They're, they're, it sounds like they're just trying to bleed him financially. Can we just take away his riches and uh, remove his ability to fight the criminal charges and potentially yeah, campaign as well? This is this is pretty damaging. Um, so the summary judgment issued on Tuesday concludes that Trump and his associates, which include his sons, um, overvalued corporate assets over a period of years. Now, it sounds like that's no big deal, but there are subsequent threats that are going to be really financially detrimental. Um, so his entire New York business operation, which has been deemed fraudulent, could be turned over to a receiver who would take control over the firms and then liquidate them. Liquidate them. Okay, like so everything he, basically everything he owns as a matter of business in the state of New York. Yes, which okay. is a substantial. You know, he still has a lot of business in Florida and they have international. They can make Trump Tower a homeless uh, shelter. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Um, then he could he and the defendants could be uh, required to pay two hundred and fifty million dollars in fines. OK, which is what uh, Letitia James sought in her original complaint last year. Thank so, you for pronouncing it correctly, by the way. It's the only way to pronounce it. Um, he's <laughs> a multi-billionaire. AG, Letitia. All right. Sorry. He's a multi-billionaire, but this would still be like, how, how, what what number of billions of dollars does he own? Trump's net worth? $250 million is still substantial, though. Um, uh, yeah, $250 million. $2.5 billion. So uh, whatever amount, that's what, like 10%? Yeah, I don't, I don't that, know what right? his net worth is, and I, <laughs> and I don't know. You know. The point is, this one, this is not a threat to, to lock Trump up lock Trump up, obviously, but this is a threat to make it much more difficult for him to fight those criminal threats and or campaign and another uh, area of the lawfare. And isn't it fascinating that Trump has been um, behaving fraudulently in the state of New York for all these years? So long. And like no one gave a crap. And suddenly they just discovered it. Wow. What? uh, what Uh, And then he and he could be banned from doing business, future business in New York. Oh, um, which wouldn't be that big of a deal. So I suppose in the grand scheme of things, like losing 10% of your net worth and not being able to operate in New York, I'm sure he's been, um, he's been extricating his, his assets from New York. You have to get out of New York. That's a, a, a Fetterman response right there. Oh no, not that please. Anything but yeah. that. That's just devastating. I, I really love the state of New York, please. Um, so this is the plan, I suppose, like the, they're not course, going yeah. to be able to do anything uh, with public opinion in terms of these indictments. And so they're going to bleed him dry. But he's so rich. I mean, imagine having two point five billion dollars, like the lavish lifestyle that he leads. Two hundred fifty million dollars kind of like it's going to make a dent 
in your net worth, but it's not going to make a dent in your lifestyle. Well, and, and there's just the reality, too, that if Trump came out tomorrow and said, I don't have money to defend myself and I don't have money to campaign, even if that was in part due to mismanagement on his end. And I say oh, that with acknowledgement. He would be able to fundraise think, the shit out of that. Yeah, I, he's going to be able to get the money. I mean, uh, yeah. I, so it's it's another hurdle. I don't know that I think this is as as crippling potentially as some may. But again, it's just another episode of them throwing shit at the wall and trying to see what they can get him on. Just just in, installing whatever hurdle to make him jump and everyone acting like, oh, that's that's completely legitimate. It has nothing to do with an election year and them opposing his candidacy at all costs. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, lastly, before yeah. we get into uh, Diane Feinstein, got another episode of women getting crushed by men in sports, or at least creating the circumstances for that to happen. And most of the time, it's men entering women's sports as trannies and destroying the competition. We've seen several Not episodes. This, time. Of this <laughs> one's different. Um, and this is more about the prospect it creates than what actually happened. But it's it's something of the reverse this time. This is a, a female but being put into a college football game with men for what appear to be virtue signaling purposes. Haley Van Voris at Shenandoah University in Virginia made herstory this week. Becoming, <laughs> sorry, I'll, you can do the show with Chris Christie if that was too cringe. I'm just I'm <laughs> using the words they demand I do. Becoming the first female non-kicker to play in a college football game. Now, remember, there was that kicker chick a few years ago at Vanderbilt mm-hmm. who kicked a point after or two right. and then did that terrible squib kick. And that was celebrated. Well, this girl was put into the game against uh, Juniata College. I might be mispronouncing that. A small school as well. But she was put in at safety as in a defensive back. And she blitzed on this play. And she disrupted the pass. And she caused an incompletion. And then she left the game after one play, but here was the scene. Formationally really diverse for the Eagles. Usually they mix up being under center and in the gun, but so far today, exclusively in the gun. German with trips left, throws under duress, incomplete. I think Quentin Stevens heard a lot of footsteps and came up empty at the 25-yard line. Okay. Uh, Why are they allowing this? Did you ever see that Kevin Hart bit about Shaq falling down and how slow he falls down? That's kind of what that's. Well, it wasn't a sack, but the tackle of the quarterback. It was at like half half speed, you know, like slow motion. Um, Dude, she's going to die. Well, a few things in any other circumstance that was very gentle roughing the passer. So in, in football, if the quarterback gets rid of the ball like that, you can't go just hit him and tackle him. After he's gotten yeah. rid of that's roughing the passer. That would be a penalty. Why did I say? Man, yeah, I have no idea. what. The I'm just saying any man does that. That's a penalty. She wasn't penalized because. Her story. Uh, but some other notes to your, to your point on her impending death. Oh, uh, also, by the way, her team was up 26 to nothing. That's why she was in the game, because the play was oh, entirely okay. inconsequential. But she is five, six, 145 pounds. So even at this low that's level, that's not of, a large woman. Man. That's a tiny, like for a man that that would be a very tiny person. Uh, even at this low level of college football, they keep putting her in. She will die. She will get legitimately killed. And apparently that's what this girl wants. After the game, she said, I want to show people this is what women can do. It's a big moment. I made the impossible possible. And I'm excited about that. Of course, her death on the field is also possible. And that is going to be the that's end of this so journey. so stupid. 
men. Why wouldn't she want to lean into things that women can do that men can't do? Correct. Yeah. There of which there are many. Uh, but we, we are headed toward men beating women's asses for sport. We're right about there. And of course the, the way we do this with the trannies is really unfair to women, but this is also, I mean, it's unfair to this girl cause it's putting her in a position to die, but it's also tremendously unfair to these male players. Like you're, if I'm at this small school and my coach is like, okay, you're an offensive lineman. You need to go downfield and blow up this five, six hundred forty five pound chick. Yeah. I mean, these, these dudes are, go- if, if you're that guy, like on the one hand, I'm supposed to play as hard as I can for my team. On the other hand, he's asking me to kick a woman's ass. It's not unfair to her though, because women that are going to enter the male arena need to have the same consequences that men have. It's the only way to reverse some of this. Okay. This is, this is insane. This is insane. How would Sean Connery resolve this? It is a predicament for men. He what would just walk do? right up to her and slap her in the mouth. <laughs> She's got a face mask, though. Where do I slap her in this case? I don't know. Figure on the butt. She just needs a little tap on the butt. It doesn't matter. She's getting banged by all these players. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I will leave that speculation to others. Uh, you ready to talk Feinstein? So much. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know how the story is anything, but she's dead. Well, there's a lot of wrinkles to it. She is dead. Uh, based on recent appearances, we all knew that she was about to die any moment. Friday morning, she made it official. California's 90-year-old senior senator, emphasis on senior, died at 2 a.m. Friday Eastern time of God, natural causes at her D.C. home. Her daughter, Catherine, was by her side. I did see one piece of news denying that dementia was her cause of death. I don't know. Who knows? When you're 90, it's like the cause of death is you were 90. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't need to go down this rabbit hole too deep. Uh, like if but, you're 90 and you don't have dementia, it's truly remarkable. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Pelosi actually flew with Feinstein's body back to San Francisco on a military jet yesterday. Unfortunately, that pilot did not eject and lose the plane like the one over South Carolina the other week. But Feinstein <laughs> actually voted just hours before her death. Good she was grief. She was helped onto the Senate floor by her staff holding onto her aide's arm. Feinstein slowly raised her hand to vote. I on a procedural vote for short-term government funding. So it was something related to this budgetary dispute that's going on right now. Government spending stuff. <laughs> they don't even. So if I understand correctly, she didn't even say I vocally. They just kind of raised her hand weekend at Bernie style because they don't even allow her to say I anymore. Because as we saw a few weeks ago, she couldn't actually say I. It became a whole, you know, five minute episode when she was Ooh, asked just to say yes. Age limits. So the um, the tributes are pouring in for Feinstein because she's been in politics since 1970, by the way. She was in politics in San Francisco and then in the Senate for 50 years, over 50 years. She did have a brief break in the late 80s and early 90s when she ran unsuccessfully for California governor. But after that, she entered the Senate. She is the longest serving female senator in U.S. history until some dude decides to call himself a woman and break that record upon his retirement to steal the title. Netflix has been planning their tribute for months because the, the show is good to go. The Netflix special Feinstein is set to debut soon. Of course, it's exactly as Feinstein would want it. It's very heavily diversified. I, obviously, it's not real, but uh, <laughs> soon enough, this isn't, you know, this isn't too far from the truth. But 
Uh, as far as Feinstein's political legacy, some things to remember in recent history, at least, especially she was the catalyst to the Christian Blasey Ford Brett Kavanaugh scandal upon his Supreme Court nomination in 2018. What I mean is Christian Blasey Ford sent a letter to Dianne Feinstein upon Kavanaugh's nomination in July, and then Feinstein just held on to that letter and didn't share it with the FBI until it was politically useful to drop that information at the confirmation hearings in September. So Feinstein got a letter from a lady in her state that said, oh, you just so you know, Kavanaugh pretty much raped me. And she said, oh, interesting. I'm going to wait six weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And drop this later. That was all Feinstein. The whole thing was a Feinstein op. And don't forget, Feinstein was also caught with a Chinese spy working by her side for nearly That's 20 right. years. We all, the, driver, we all think about yeah. Eric Swalwell correctly because he was literally sleeping with a Chinese spy, if the accusations are correct. Dianne Feinstein had a Chinese spy as an assistant, a, a paid staff member in her office for nearly 20 years. And she was the Senate Intel Committee chair when it was discovered in 2013. And no one cared. Like, no one gave a shit. Yeah. It was, she, she was in the Senate for 10 more years after that. And she, she had this, this Chinese spy very conveniently came to be by her side as an aide starting when? In 1993. Upon Feinstein getting sworn into the Senate, suddenly this Chinese spy just comes and starts hanging out, getting paid for 20 years. And yes, that Chinese spy was paid with an official Diane Feinstein office salary at your taxpayer expense. Feinstein remained in the Senate for a decade. No one cared. Chair of the Intel Committee, having foreign spies drive her around and assist her in all of her needs. So, so that raises the question. Um, oh, I, the other thing I forgot, gun control. Feinstein had been one of the biggest uh, Senate gun control advocates. She was behind the assault weapons ban of 94 to 2004, which did absolutely nothing to slow crime or stop crime, according to nonpartisan analysts reporting to the Senate. But that effort remains to this day. We got to restore the assault weapons ban from 94. That was Feinstein. That was Feinstein who decided that it's very important what shapes of plastic are on your gun. It's a matter of, uh, it's, it's, it's a very important matter for the federal government to manage. That was all her, at least in its uh, origin. Which raises the question that our friends at Phoenix Ammunition have been asking and answering this week. If a person spends her entire life trying to undermine your fundamental rights, and would, in theory, at least, send men to arrest or kill you if she had her way, what degree of respect, if any, do you owe her in her death? None. Or, uh, I think uh, our friend Justin at Phoenix would say the opposite. You you owe her the opposite, in fact. You owe her merciless mockery in death. It's not even just keeping your mouth shut. It's doing the Nelson Muntz ha-ha and pointing and laughing. So if you follow the antics of Justin Nazaroff, the owner uh, over at Phoenix Ammunition in Michigan you know he's one of the best Twitter follows there is because he brings the fight relentlessly. And it might be just against randos who send him a mean message through his uh, through his business email or someone who leaves him a mean Yelp review because they don't like his politics. Or in this case, mocking a decades-long senator who would put him out of business if she could. Uh, lately, Phoenix has been printing idiotic politician quotes on bags of ammo they ship, usually just tweets and that produces hilarious effect because he'll take some anti-gunners tweet 
and he'll just put the tweet on the bag of ammo because it's so dumb. And then uh, that that politician, or at least in some cases, they'll come back and say, oh, ATF, FBI, arrest this man. Him simply printing my tweet on a package is a threat to me. It's been hilarious to watch. And so Phoenix has started this tradition of printing those tweets on bags or printing memes on bags or really just like a message of the day on the bag. And so uh, in, on Friday, in response to the news, Phoenix started printing ammo bags with Feinstein's rotting face that say R.I.P. Feinstein, lol, bye, bitch. <laughs> and a local news reporter visited the ammo shop on Friday to get the story. Justin Nazaroff and his brother own Phoenix Ammunition in Novi. Friday morning, Justin woke up pumped up after a lion's win. So already a great start to the morning, and then we hear that uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, passed away. Out of death birthed an idea. So it says, uh, R.I.P. Dianne Feinstein, laugh out loud, bye ridiculing politicians in this way. It's kind of his thing, especially politicians who support gun control, like the late Senator Dianne Feinstein out of California has for decades. I think it's exactly what she deserves. I think most politicians deserve to be mocked and ridiculed as much in death as in life. To celebrate the death <laughs> of Senator Feinstein, we are offering free shipping on ammunition to California. Dianne Feinstein couldn't care less about me, so I couldn't care less about Dianne Feinstein. We asked him, what he'd say to Feinstein's family who'd likely be appalled by his commentary. If they were really her friends or, or really looking out for her as her family members, they would have told her re to retire 10 years ago and uh, enjoy the final years of her life out on the beach someplace. Wow, he's always just right on. He, he didn't even appear nervous. He's uh, like no, some I, dumb bitch is asking me questions. Everybody, everybody believes me and, and thinks the same thing that I do. He has his hands in his pockets. It's good for him. Unfazed. Yeah, uh, you can tell he enjoys the bit. And yeah, whether you, I know that there are some purity police members after him. You can't celebrate anyone's death, even though. Da, 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 da. And I understand that. I understand the principles that they're trying to stick up for, but uh, I have to admire the spirit of the pushback. And if I'm, if I'm going to to err here, if I'm going to be either too disrespectful to these politicians in their passing or overly subservient to them, I think especially given the state of our country, it's better to err on the side of open mockery of these people. Nelson Munn's treatment, haha, ha, even in their misfortune. I can't remember the origin of the quote. It's something like I have no obligation to extend the benefit of my principles to those who seek to destroy them. And exactly. of course, I, I exactly. think Prince principles are principles because they should be extended to everyone your your perceived enemies included but with feinstein and the rest of these politicians the distinction i'll draw here it, it's not just what she believed it's what she tried to do she tried to bring the force of law against you to ruin your life or potentially even take your life depending on the shape of plastic or metal that you might have in your home and not just in her state she didn't even have the decency to say I represent California. We're going to handle this this way in California. No, she wanted yep. to force those California quote unquote values on you, no matter where you live in this country in a direct violation of the second amendment. Exactly. So yeah. do I want a society of decency? Sure. Um, but I can't deny Justin's point that a woman who abandons all decency and will lock you up for doing nothing to anybody and just having the wrong shaped plastic in your possession. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if decency died, it's it's Diane Feinstein who helped kill it, and people like her. It's not Justin at Phoenix Ammo having a little bit of a clown show about it. Uh, and if Di- if Diane Feinstein and the rest of the Feinsteins of the world want to be left alone, great, start leaving us alone. I'm sure Justin. He would love to leave them alone if they would just leave him alone. But if Diane Feinstein had her way, not only would she put him in prison for the things yeah. that he owns, she would put him out of business. She would destroy totally. his family's livelihood if she had her way. Yep. Exactly. And if you don't want to be mocked, there's a, another way to get out of that too. Don't be a public figure. You know, <laughs> live a private life. Mm-hmm. And I can't get over all the tributes to uh, to her service. You know, and I don't even say this with respect to Diane Feinstein specifically. But I notice there's a certain whenever I read comments online from Democrats, at least people I assume are Democrats because they're Democrat pages about Democrat politicians like Dianne Feinstein. They always have to use the formal title and say things like, thank you, Senator, for your service. It's like it again. It's like part of that religious honorary thing that they have with government. And I'm thinking, like, what the hell service are you talking about? trying to take control of everyone's life and leeching money from you for decades, producing nothing. No, she herself. was on the front lines of several wars. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. The service of, of trying to take control of my life and sending me the bill for it. That wouldn't be a service if it was done for free, but when she died, she's worth almost $70 million for doing what exactly? What did she produce? What did she make? What value did she provide? She just tried to tell everyone what to do. She just bossed everyone around and took their money. That's not a service that's dressed up theft. You make the argument it's theft straight up, but even if you want to say it's different, well, it's theft with legal protection, okay? It's theft within the illusion or the mirage of the law. Anyway, by the way, if you're inspired by this story to pick up some Phoenix ammunition, promo code (laughs) MCLISTENER, 5% off, phoenixammo.com. That's Phoenix with an F ammo.com promo code mc listener. is it only free shipping to california the free the shipping as far as i understand is only free to california and there's mm-hmm. a, there's a it's even complicated there because did you know in california and i think in new york now too if you want to buy a gun in any state under federal law you need to go into the store and get a background check and all that you have to do that for ammo in california so if you want to get Seriously? ammo shipped to california He's got to send it to a licensed gun dealer who will put you through the background check process before you can even have the bag of ammo with Diane Feinstein's stupid face on it. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the question of who will replace her. And um, who who does replace her isn't necessarily going to change anything broadly because, of course, Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom is going to appoint somebody to finish the remainder of her term that runs through next year. It's not going to change the balance of power in Congress. Mm-hmm. But the replacement uh, process here does have its drama. I mentioned that Adam Schiff, uh, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff is hardest hit because he is. Uh, Feinstein was already planning to retire after her term. So there was going to be a primary process in California for the 2024 election regardless. And there still will be, it sounds like. Um, so far, the declared candidates are Adam Schiff and fellow Congresswoman uh, Barbara Lee and Katie Porter. Recent polling uh, shows Schiff with a small lead over Porter and Lee. But remember, the effort to keep Feinstein in power wasn't just about Feinstein. It was also about Schiff. In fact, Nancy Pelosi's primary caregiver was or Feinstein's primary caregiver was Nancy Pelosi's daughter. There's this 
<laughs> there's this alliance between Feinstein and Pelosi and Schiff. So they're, they're keeping her clinging to life because if she dies, Gavin Newsom gets to decide her replacement, at least for the next year and change. And Gavin Newsom has pledged to fight off his recall effort of whatever that was a year or so ago. He pledged he will appoint a black woman. Uh, he's he's doing the Netflix bit too. Diane Feinstein must be replaced with a black chick, says Gavin Newsom, and that stands to hurt Adam Schiff. So, um, one would assume that Gavin might go with Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who's already declared and running for that seat. She fits the criteria of black chick, of course. But Gavin has made no such announcement, and in fact, there are many terrible black chicks in California. From no. whom Gavin can choose. Not just Barbara Lee, but Secretary of State Shirley Weber is a name in the mix. I should be fair to her. I don't know anything about her other than she's in California government. So I'm going to assume that she's terrible. She's <laughs> she a black is. chick in California government? Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm guessing. I do, Congresswoman Maxine Waters is a name being floated. <laughs> Senator Waters. Now remember. What? Can you I imagine? Mean, how, how many Maxine Waters stories could you tell about her idiocy? But my favorite in recent years, as chair of the finance committee, lecturing the banks about how bad student loans are. And they reminded her, you and the federal government have controlled student loans for the last X amount of years. Our banks are not involved in student loans anymore. Oh, said the chair of the finance committee. Uh. Or L.A. Mayor Karen Bass. Or San Francisco Mayor London Breed. Or how about this? Long shot. Even Kamala Harris. Could oh, Gavin no. Newsom take Kamala out of the White House and install her back into the Senate as a way to get her off the 2024 ticket graciously or gracefully? Oh, no, no. Possible. No, it's, it is possible. Why uh, would I, they do that, though? I well, well, would Gavin say she's not black? She's Indian. She doesn't count. <laughs> Maybe he'll well, get out of it that count. way. <laughs> I said, I said black chick, not, uh, not Indian chick. Anyway, um, as far as, uh, any clues from Newsom or when he'll make this decision unclear Newsom's team was quiet over the weekend and Newsom avoided any public appearances that would have probably included questions about what his choice will be as a practical matter. It probably, uh, won't matter very much. Uh, in terms of how the Senate's going to operate. Democrats will now be at a one-vote disadvantage in the Senate until the replacement is named, but with the government shutdown now averted, at least for the next 45 days, there probably aren't going to be any significant party-line votes for the next few weeks. Uh, and by the time they have to have this budget fight again, I'm sure whatever black chick Gavin chooses will be uh, in office at the time. Man. So that brings us to the government shutdown, but we're at about the top of the hour. So it's probably a good time for a break, unless you had anything more to say about Diane Feinstein or her replacement or any of that stuff. Well, it always can get worse, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was that Diane Feinstein moment that I loved where all those, um, 12 year olds came in to harangue her about global warming. And she was oh, like, yeah. get the fuck out of my office. That's not how it works. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> That, that maybe that was slightly redeeming, but again, for a woman who uh, would send men with assault weapons to kick down my door to take my assault weapons. Yeah, fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> I do hate this mentality that like if somebody lived a morally unscrupulous life that we still have to have reverence in their death. It's like, why? I don't have to have shit. I don't have to be sad because you died. Everyone dies. It's happened to every single person in the history of mankind. Like, I don't you, you, you aren't special. 
I don't have to feel bad for you. I, I don't, especially when you're 90, you know, um, there's something tragic about a life life. taken too soon, but this was not taken too soon. Yeah. But I mean, if she died when she was 35, I would have been like, well, you know, we, we got really lucky on this one. She protected herself with her own, uh, rare California concealed carry permit back in those days. (laughs) She was one of the few holders in San Francisco County. She herself, not her. I'm was sure that her protection that was also licensed to carry, but she herself had a concealed carry permit in San Francisco County. Wow. I think it expired um, some time ago. She's not a, she was not an active permit holder. But if you're just a person in San Francisco who wants to get a concealed carry permit, I mean, technically, California operates on a, shall, or a, a May issue system where it's really up to the, to the county sheriff there and the county government to evaluate whether you're worthy of your rights. But my understanding is in San Francisco County, there was like a list of a list you could write by hand of people who actually had the permits and she was on it. Jeez. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. It's um, I mean, we don't I don't think you necessarily have to pretend it's like people who would otherwise viciously criticize her politics, rightfully so are putting out the messages where it's like, oh, I'm deeply saddened. It's like, you're not deeply saddened. And I'm not even saying like, you have to be rude about it. If you find what's going on at Phoenix ammo to be like, to be a a violation of, you know, your sense of, um, your sense of manners here. Yeah. But you're, you are also allowed to just be like, meh. I mean, you're also allowed to just kind of let it go by. You don't have to pretend like you owe this woman so much honor. If she doesn't like being made an enemy in this way, she probably should not have made so many enemies. She probably should have said, I'm going to leave you alone at your house. And if she had done that, I'd say, "Hmm, all right, good for her. Lived a long life. Now, since I know that she wanted to ruin, ruin my household uh, and your household, if if your property, if you have property she doesn't like, yeah, it's hard for me to feel any sense. Like, like I owe her anything. Like I owe her some tributes or I owe her some gesture of honor or something like that anyway um all right let's let's get into the chat uh, i got a few on rumble sure. here then we'll get over to youtube and tippy over on rumble yakko 1977 says i saw the movie the creator which deals with ai versus human conflict when ai gets killed they say i'm not killing it's just turning them off i agree mm-hmm. but what are your views on ai sentience Man, like, are you creating uh, life or not? I guess is the question there. I don't know. I have a conflict about this because of my love of Star Trek The Next Generation. But in general, no, I don't think that a man made creation can have sentience. That's not to say that I will always think that, like, something could change my mind, but I think generally, no, because it would have to surpass, like, to, to grossly surpass our abilities as humans. I think that God can bestow sentience, but that's pretty much it. And I don't think sentience is the uh, it, it's a it's an indicator of life or it's a it's like a proxy of life. But I don't think it's the definition of life for the same reasons that I don't think it necessarily holds in the abortion context where, oh, it's fine to kill that unborn baby because that unborn baby or at whatever isn't stage sentient. it was at is isn't sentient. Uh, we have all sorts of uh conditions for humans where they aren't really sentient where you're in a coma or something like that doesn't mean that that you get to go pull the plug so sentience i don't i don't even like that definition necessarily i think that we have a moral obligation to human life and i think human life Mm -hmm. has a definition that's different from just sentience though 
I don't want to downplay um, the 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 moral issues that come up with creating things that are, if not human life, like the closest replica possible. I think that yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. probably better to avoid those replicas in the first place because that's getting too close to playing God. Uh, but the replicant future is here. You know, maybe I'll be in the future. The the replicants will be here and they'll force me to like. <laughs> Uh, Blade Runner. They're going to hold me oh, at no. replicant gunpoint and say, you will like this movie. <laughs> We're headed there. And you'll be like, no, never. Robin D. Banks says, Matt and I once made love. His thrombosis isn't the only thing that's deep and veiny. Okay. Oh, Becca, I hope God. you had a good time. Okinawa next time. That's like Japan, but even better, Tropical Island. Wow. I hate tropical weather. Hate it. It was so fucking Jeez. hot. Uh, too hot? It was so hot. It was really? unseasonably warm. It was like 90 degrees and humid the whole time. I wanted to be dead. Hmm. That's, I guess I, don't, I have no concept of Japanese weather, but I wouldn't have expected that. It's pretty, it's pretty northern. Like, what is its latitude? I mean, they, they get hot summers, but this was just, it was terrible. It, hmm. it like nearly ruined the vacation. It was hmm. that bad. Was it, was it sweatier than Cleveland? Yeah, because it was it was more humid in Japan, mm-hmm. more humid than Cleveland. That was like 90 percent humidity or something. Yeah, it was Ugh. so humid and it was raining a lot. Mm. And the it, rain wasn't making it cooler. It was just making the heat wet. It was just <sighs> Oh, it was like a hot rain, like a shower oh, or yeah. something. Yeah. The Hillbilly Deluxe says, I love that the Japanese contingent spelled your name Brond. Opening day was a bust. Way too hot. Eighty five plus. Deer were not moving. Weather forecast says oh, Saturday no. the temperature will plummet into the 50s. So maybe you missed the opportune weather window. Ah, oh, bummer. Uh, Laughing Boy says they put her in after they lead by 29 points in the first quarter. You play the third string when you get a lead like that. Also, she is bigger than three guys that made my high school team. Well, <laughs> I, I take it your high school team is either a very small a high smaller, school or that yeah. team probably sucked. Uh, yeah. No offense. It's not like I came from a... Uh, high school of uh, champion football players either. But uh, yeah, if, if five, six hundred and forty five pounders are making your college football team, that's a bad Something's team. Up. Anyway, thank you guys over on rumble. Appreciate that. We're good on odyssey. Uh, we are good on D live. Let's catch up on tippy and YouTube. Sure. Uh, Captain Norway, you shouldn't be too hard on Congressman Bauman for pulling the fire alarm. He obviously didn't feel like home in, in the cannon office building and one to see if flipping the switch would make it chirp. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know that meme? <laughs> uh, yeah. With a uh, joy. It was a joy. Reed. Well, there's many, the, the chirping uh, smoke detector. There are many examples. Joy Reed is one. Can just, just tune it out. I apparently uh, speaking of that. I think that that's what Justin was getting at in the, in he, he, he said, if people go back and listen to the video story, now I listened and I couldn't hear it, but he said, listen to the video news story at one minute, 42 seconds. He says he worked very hard to get that Easter egg into the news story. And people were saying it was a chirping, but I couldn't hear it. If the chirping is in there and he did that intentionally, it's very subtle, but something is, he might've done the chirping bit in that news story too. I don't know. Uh, Zorzi, let me read these through. There are a bunch of them. Thanks, dude. A culture that anchors itself in God stands against the erosion of time and the tides of chaos while mass apostasy forces it to become adrift, subject to the ever-changing whims of the masses. 
We act surprised every time the leftist cabal achieves a new level of depravity. Why? Our values are the chains that bind them, that prevent them from sacrificing everything to carnal indulgence and soulless consumption. The bifurcation in our country should have been as expected as the sunrise. One problem left untreated begets another, and thus a lineage of decline is born. Unaddressed, this festering wound at our core will endlessly summon trials until the weight of chaos brings us to our knees. More and more, I tire of fighting just so we can lose ground more slowly. All I see around me, uh, all around me, I see my uh, would-be allies fighting the current fires while ignoring the guy with the flamethrower. What good would returning the foundation of our country do when we've done nothing to enforce unity of mind and spirit? How can you maintain a stable society when you allow your neighbors to abandon foundational truth for madness? Participation in and benefiting from society needs to be exclusive to those who share the values that sustain it. And those values must be as static as bedrock planted firmly in the word of God that it might weather time. Maximize liberty is incompatible with societal longevity, as hard to stomach as that might be. Give the people the freedom to abandon the values that sustain society and all that's required for the collapse is time. Also, welcome back, Juan. You all should have Frank on again with the three of you. There's some real synergy there. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, thank you so much for that. I We love you. I think You're very that special. A, there's a lot of truth to that. But coming back from Japan, they are a, a holy secular society but because they have racial homogeneity and um and cultural values and shared heritage they are able to um to stand firm i did not see any of this gender ideology shit not one tranny not one tranny i did not see any flags i no lgbt nothing the Mm. entire time i was there not one thing so like i'm wondering if maybe religion is is less important than race in terms of societal stability i might have been wrong about that interesting um yeah i i I certainly don't uh disagree with your diagnosis do we i know we've clarified the pronunciation a million i always i feel bad zorzi is that that's correct i might be Um, wrong i I don't remember how to do this show (laughs) we forget after a couple weeks off forgive us no i certainly don't disagree with the diagnosis that um, the absence of a moral core, your country is going to collapse. When you have people who don't believe in a fundamental moral structure that govern, governs all of us. Yeah, of course. Like when, when freedom is the highest value over that, like the moral structure that defines what a good life is, that's a problem. Freedom is of no value for its own sake. It's, it can be just pure chaos if there's nothing to yep. guide it. Yeah. Um, my only pushback, I, I just think as a moral and a practical matter, uh, that that you're going to run into problems if you try to achieve these things through broad scale human enforcement. Number one, I think that unless you're talking about stopping humans from abusing each other, you are at some level usurping the role of God, that, that it is God's role to enforce right. these measures, not necessarily your role as a fellow man to go in and do that. But even if you want to have a dispute on that moral point, which you, I'm sure you could, as a practical matter, even if I were to... Um, even if there was such a man who was capable of wielding that sword so effectively that he could convince all of these degenerates to change their ways uh, or not even convince, threaten them with the sword to do it. I just don't think that that is as effective as convincing these people to live good lives themselves. They have to choose it themselves. And I know that's a monumental task for me to sit here and say, Yeah, we're going to convince millions of people to stop their degenerate ways and make better choices. We are on the wrong side of that 
by a lot of people right now. I will grant that in full. I guess I'm just saying that even though that sounds Herculean and it is, I think it's more realistic as a practical matter and more in tune with the relationship between men and God as a moral matter to, to aim for that direction. And but people have to be properly incentivized with the prospect of a stable life. Yeah. They, they have to have that. And in the absence of that, people are going to be degenerates, especially in a secular society. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any denying that, that, uh, whether you believe in traditional religious faith concepts or not, that as they have eroded from society, that we have suffered for it. Um, and the thing about the people who betray those truths, and I mean those fundamental moral truths, like here are good behaviors, here are bad behaviors, here are things, you, here are ways you should live your life, here are ways you shouldn't. Even if they, it seems like they have the upper hand in the moment, and trust me, they do in a lot of areas of power, politics, culture, entertainment, all of that stuff. Um, you don't live contrary to God or contrary to the organizing principles of this world without successfully for long. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, yeah. it might be today, but I, to your point, Zors, it's a recipe for collapse. It's a recipe for destruction. And uh, but you can live your mortal life uh, it, and be successful. Look at George Soros. He's like a 7,000 year old, years old, like a Diane Feinstein. She gets to die comfortable in her bed at age 90 after fundamentally destroying the foundation upon which this country was built. And, and you know, these people, look at all the old people that are in Congress. They're going to be, they're going to be fine. If you don't believe that there are cosmic and eternal repercussions for your evil behavior, why wouldn't you just be why wouldn't you just be immoral your whole life? And yeah. Well, uh, we're witnessing that, but I, I, and I, I think that, uh, in the over in the in the arc of history that actually the Soroses and the Feinsteins are the outlier rather than the rule. Um but well, we're always confronted foolish. with evil though. Yeah. Um I don't know that they're anyway. the outlier. I think that we're always gonna be up against this. Well we, we certainly we certainly aim for the same the same result here, Zors. And of course I appreciate your thoughts. Um one way or another, whether it's swinging the sword or really trying to convince people sitting in that town square and doing the old Socratic method until they finally come around one way or another, we're going to have to course correct. And when I say we're going to have to, I don't even mean that like um, that we have to, because that's what we want. I mean, that's what's going to have to happen because that is what the organizing principles of the universe want. It, the, the pendulum will swing. It's just a that's question of whether we're wise now. about it. Uh, these globalist elites, uh, they've, they've become, so solipsistic that they actually think that one group of people or one country can take over the world. Like that's, that's not going to happen. There are laws of nature that, that have balancing forces. Like a plague could just kill 2 billion people right now. If the world is truly overpopulated, right? We already so had I'm, that. What was coronavirus? Yeah. So, whoa. um, but, but I find that reassuring. It's like nature, God is, will have a way. Uh, yeah. Then, <laughs> Yes, it's it's uh, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Life uh, finds a way or God in this case. Uh, anyway, we'll circle back. Thank you, Zors. Uh, Zorzi. Um, I'll have to just much. circle back. We'll with come you. back to the rest of your chats at the uh, end of the stream back into the news. Uh, and it's time to talk government shutdown or what uh, was set to be a government shutdown, but turned out not to be. Where am I here? Oh, there we go. Find the right news story. 
So all of your fears can be retired, at least for the next six weeks. There will not be a government shutdown for now. Faced with I a budget. I was so worried. I was who was going to frisk you at the airport if not for the TSA agents? In <laughs> fact, what did the Japanese do? When you go to the Japanese airport, uh, what do they do? What's their security protocol? Uh, fuck all. And then I didn't want to go through that crazy laser beam machine. So they yeah. patted me down at the Tokyo airport. And it was like the most adorable pat down. They just like barely touched my bump. And the lady was like, <laughs> <laughs> and they let me go through. Wow, that's so much Thanks. better than when they yank on my nuts every time I go. Or like like swipe down your ass crack <laughs> yeah. with their with their flat hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so faced with a budget deadline overnight, Congress waited until the 11th hour to pass a bill just to continue the status quo spending for the next month and a half, 45 days. Conservative members of Congress had been pressuring Speaker Kevin McCarthy to get more spending concessions from Democrats. Uh, and they were refusing to support a bill without them. So to avoid the horror of a government shutdown, McCarthy decided to work with Democrats to kick the can down the road. The only caveats in the bill. So all this bill says is we're going to keep spending as we were for the next 45 days while we figure out the true savings and the true cuts to be had in the middle of November. That's what we're supposed to believe. So we're just going to continue the status quo with the only caveats that McCarthy cut out Ukraine aid while leaving disaster relief funding in. So Ukraine aid is going to have to get its its own congressional consideration later, as as will the rest of the uh, ongoing budget efforts. So the bill passed the House 335 to 91. 209 Democrats joined 126 Republicans in support. 90 Republicans and one Democrat voted no. The Senate passed the bill 88 to 9, and Biden signed it late last night. But remember that when Speaker McCarthy actually gained the Speaker's gavel back in January, it was a very difficult and contentious fight. And McCarthy made a series of concessions to conservative members of Congress to get their support. Among those commitments were uh, to get the budget under control. He promised to create a plan for a balanced federal budget within 10 years, as well as to secure spending cuts to achieve it. Also part of these concessions, in case McCarthy did not do those things, conservative members of Congress got McCarthy to agree to restore the House rule that one member can file a motion to vacate the chair, as in remove the speaker. Democrats changed that rule when they took the House in 2019, requiring half the party's members to advance such a motion. But back in January, Kevin McCarthy said to conservative members of Congress, sure, you want the old rule that one member can call for a vote to remove me, we'll restore that rule. And so now Matt Gates of Florida, who helped push for these concessions from McCarthy at the start of the year, he's now exercising them or says he's going to. He says that because McCarthy broke his promise to push back on spending, he will exercise his right to push to remove him as speaker. So this morning on ABC's This Week, Gates said he will introduce the motion to vacate this week, the motion to remove Kevin McCarthy as speaker, and he expects fully that Kevin McCarthy is not going to be removed, but he's going to have to rely on Democrat support to survive. And that is Gates's point. In January, to get the speakership, Kevin had to agree to certain guardrails on spending, and he had to agree to a process that would allow us to put some downward pressure on spending. He made that commitment. He broke it. And if at this time next week, Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House. It will because, be because the Democrats bailed him out, and he can be their Speaker, not mine. So, so when, when do you make this move? Uh, you'll be seeing it this week. It takes only one person, obviously, you, uh, to, to call for a vote. 
uh, to remove him, but you would need a majority to remove him, which means you're going to need de Democrats to remove him. Do you really think that Democrats are going to vote to remove Kevin McCarthy because he made a deal with Democrats? No. I actually think Democrats are going to bail out Kevin McCarthy. So this is an exercise to show the American people who really governs you and how that governing occurs. So this has caused a split among Republican members of Congress. You have kind of the pro-McCarthy or what they would call the practical argument, and that is that Democrats control the Senate and the White House. Yeah. McCarthy's House majority is razor thin. So there is no world in which anything passes without compromise with Democrats. If McCarthy were to maintain this absolutist position, the government gets shut down. It's as simple as that. The anti-McCarthy argument that Matt Gates and others might make is, so what? A government shutdown is actually preferable to the status quo of government spending with no end in sight. And what willingness to compromise have Democrats shown? We never actually cut government spending, I notice, as a part of these compromises. We simply slow the rate of its growth. And we call that compromise. Oh, instead of increasing spending by 10%, we only did it by three. And we call that right. like fiscal conservatism for some reason. And the other argument to consider here that people make is, well, what about all the dependents? Sure, I favor a reduction in government spending, but think of all of those federal employees whose paycheck depends on the, on the government being in operation, including military members. Uh, now, my own view here, the fact that so many people are federal government dependents is <laughs> a problem. problem. <laughs> that was never the design of this country. And of course, I'll sympathize with anybody who loses pay through no fault of their own. But I'll remind government employees that we all lost pay because of government bullshit for the last mm -hmm. three years. While you right. guys were getting paid as quote unquote essential workers. The reality of this federal government dependency is that it is a band-aid that will have to be ripped off at some point because the status quo is unsustainable. So if you're a federal government employee who thinks your boss can just run this country so irresponsibly and you'll never suffer for it, you're delusional. You will suffer for it. It's just a question of how and when. How, yeah. And the reality of any job, you work in the private sector, you work for whatever business, every single job in that context is market accountable and therefore could be erased similarly tomorrow. That's the way things that are supposed to be. The cushy comfort of this federal government job with insane benefits and near total protection from firing and very generous retirement plans. That's great for you guys, but that's far better than what most have. So I'm not trying to take shots at federal employees. I understand we all have families to provide for. We all, uh, we all have jobs that we do. I am saying that if you built your life to be 100% federal government dependent, at some point that is on you and it's not on me to pay for that security by force whenever you want. Yeah, exactly. So those are those are really the arguments in play here. So I uh, I'm here for the show, man. I government shutdown. I'm, I'm supposed to fear that. Yeah, I, please. I want to see. I want to see it. But uh, we've happened. We've, we've seen it multiple times over the last few years. And how much has it affected your quality of life? None. Uh, none. With the one time, the one time that it happened under Obama, he shut down the national parks, which he didn't even have to. That it's is like, so lame. They require well, almost no maintenance. You're not going to Yellowstone. Take that. <laughs> okay. You put up a sign. I'll go in there if I want. I'll just walk in. There's a lot of oh, land. But they would have, they would still be funding security to shoot you. Uh, well, that's, that's essential as well. 
Uh, okay, so so the the drama of the budget deal wasn't just the clock. It was also Congressman Jamal Bowman of New York who pulled a fire alarm at a congressional office building while uh, all of this was actually happening. And uh, yeah, well, okay. So what, it was, what are the facts of the poll? Yeah, it was caught on camera and confirmed by by several witnesses. So there is no dispute that he actually did this. Um, an investigation into why he pulled it is underway, but he insisted to reporters afterwards that he pulled the alarm because he's a retard and thought it was a way to open the door. Okay. He said, I was rushing to make a vote. I was trying to get through a door. I thought the alarm would open the door. And I believe him because he really didn't have much incentive to do this. I mean, he and kind of wanted dumb to because he's dumb and he kind of wanted to get this over with. And so when, when I first read that, I was like, no way they're red. They're not anywhere near a door handle. Like, I don't know how anybody could possibly think this, but um, he is really stupid. Well, there are two competing theories here. Uh, so wh- what was he actually doing? Was this a was this a plot? Was he doing some kind of shenanigans to try to assist Democrats politically? Or is he just a moron? And again, is he just a moron? Isn't even us being mean. It's his explanation for what happened. I'm just an idiot. So the accusation is that he was trying to delay the vote, actually, as described by John Levine over at the New York Post and some others. Um, This move actually happened as Democrats were trying to delay the vote on this budget stuff at the time. I'm not even sure what exactly was going on as a matter of the debate at the time. But Hakeem Jeffries, the House Democrat leader, when this happened, he was using his privilege to make a speech and forcing a vote on a motion to adjourn. So there was some. There was some uh, it's not a filibuster in the House, but some filibuster like behavior going on at the time to try to buy some time. That much is true. But the accusation in this case is is that Democrats wanted to slow the process. Bowman just uh, pulled the alarm to create a commotion and cause an evacuation. Again, this was at a, a House office building, not actually in the Capitol, but in an adjacent office building. And and under this theory, Democrats would enjoy some sort of political gain in the process. Now, as you said, Bowman says he wasn't plotting at all. He's just very stupid. His statement reads in part, Today I was rushing to make a vote. I came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not. But today was not open. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm, mistakenly thinking it would open the door. I regret this decision and sincerely apologize for any confusion that this caused. He says in no way was he trying to delay a vote. It was actually the opposite. He was trying to hurry to a vote. In other words, I'm not scheming. I'm just retarded. This defense has been twisted in many different ways by media outlets, presumably trying to protect him. They're saying that he pulled the fire alarm unintentionally or mistakenly. Maybe we're getting a little bit into semantics to criticize that, I suppose. But he did it with intent. It, It was just the intent... He didn't bump the fire alarm, you know, he didn't like he, he no, wasn't putting no. his hand on the wall and accidentally knocked it. He he definitely intentionally pulled it. He did it with a, a mistaken intent, I suppose would be the way to phrase that. He thought it would open the door is what he says. That's uh, so dumb. And maybe you think like, well, I've never I know sometimes there are buttons to open doors, uh, things like that. But. They're never bright red and they don't say fire in big, bold letters on them. And it's not just that he had to pull what is clearly labeled as a fire alarm. He had to ignore signage all over the door. So 
photos through Breitbart here show the door in question. And there are actually three signs. There's, there's two doors, double wide. There's a sign on each door and then a sign, a stand up <laughs> sign in front of it. They all say emergency exit only. And if you open this door, an alarm is going to go off. And perhaps you see that signage and you think, okay, well, then it had to be a stunt because nobody is so stupid as to ignore all of those signs and think that fire alarms open doors somehow. I actually do think Jamal Bowman is that stupid because it's not even clear that Jamal Bowman can read. And if you think that's (laughs) exaggerating, he's a former school principal before he was in Congress. The kids at his school can't read. You've heard, you've heard of the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good? Yeah. This is the Jamal Bowman Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good, according to their proficiency tests. Reading proficiency at this Cornerstone Academy for Social Action, a middle school in the Bronx, reading proficiency 27%. Oh, my God. But Jamal Bowman says that's because the standardized tests are racist. So earlier this year, he introduced a bill to end standardized tests. And in the past, he has called them a pillar of systemic racism. Now, if you need an audio demonstration of just how stupid this man is, if you have to hear it for yourself, we played this on the show at the time. But here he is back in March yelling at members of Congress because they didn't get he didn't get his way on a gun control bill. And then Thomas Massey from Kentucky tries to talk sense to him very politely. And Jamal Bowman just starts yelling in his face. Cowards, pressing them, force them to respond to the question, why the hell won't you do anything to save America's children? They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been a school school that allows teachers to carry. Carry guns? You think more guns lead to more death? More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. Known data scientist Jamal Bowman has analyzed oh. all so of the evidence. So he's functionally illiterate is what you're telling me. I, I'm, I'm dead serious when I, I say I'm not convinced that he can read, at a high level at least. Damn. Now, by the way, more guns equals more death, he says as he's protected by people with guns. How has he with not guns, died right. yet? Look at the data. How I mean, how could you even... How could you even know that? You can know that there's correlation between number of guns and number of dead, but that doesn't mean there's causation. Like, how could you ever even find that? Data? Well, it's just very simple. Erase the guns and nobody dies. That's how we achieve immortality. There are no deaths of anybody in the UK. Nobody's no ever one ever died dies there. there. Ever since they took them all, nobody's ever died. It's true. Uh, now, I seem to remember interrupting congressional business even unintentionally being treated as the crime of the century, at least so far. Uh, So that's why there are investigations. As you mentioned, the House Administration Committee says they're investigating. Capitol Police apparently investigating as well. Now, I don't know if there were any Brian Sicknicks who somehow died as a result of Jamal Bowman. They got got strokes because he pulled the fi- I'm sure if you want to make the connection, there's at least five Capitol Police officers who are dead because of what Jamal Bowman did. If you want to stretch it as far as they have, someone needs to look this up and figure it out. But the legal reality here, falsely reporting a fire is a misdemeanor crime in D.C. punishable by a fine or up to six months in prison. 
much like the parading misdemeanor that um, that uh, that many of the January 6th trespassers were prosecuting were prosecuted under. Now, it should be noted that the law in question, um, it says it's fine to it, it says it's actually a crime to um, for a person to willfully or knowingly give a false alarm of fire. So to convict Bowman, first of all, they're not going to bring charges. But if they tried to to convict him, you'd have to prove intent intent that's probably not going to happen if i was on the jury i hate to say it but i would buy the he's retarded (laughs) okay uh that's reasonable doubt for me fair enough that's not to say that i don't uh, i'm not trying to let him off the hook if we're gonna if we're gonna treat these matters the same way we treated the january 6th of the world there is some uh stretching of the law that is necessary for these things to be consistent i also enjoy democrats who otherwise are are constantly dubiously arguing that you don't have a First Amendment right to shout fire in a crowded theater. There is no First Amendment right to do that. You can't shout fire in a crowded theater. How many times have you heard that line? Well, suddenly they're now saying you do have a right to pull a fire alarm in a crowded congressional office so long as you're an idiot when you do it. Um, so I, I actually do buy the line that he's a gigantic uh, moron. But for everybody else, presumably Democrats who mostly buy that line, he's not malicious he's just an idiot okay if you grant the premise that these people are that stupid that they think that fire alarms open doors and they can't read signs in front of their faces you must also accept the premise that their authority must be minimized we have to return power away from dc and back to this away from these idiots minimize their power Instead, the argument will be, well, he's otherwise miraculous. He just made a mistake this one time and will explain away all the other mistakes he constantly he constantly makes. Um, and, and to the point on January 6th, you know, I understand since seriously speaking, I think he's an idiot. I don't think he was intentionally trying to pull a stunt, but that is also the case for many people on January 6th. Many people on January 6th walked into the Capitol thinking it was completely fine to do so. In fact, many were ushered in. It's on video. And so you make the same argument about people convicted on these stupid parading charges and trespassing charges. They were not they did not go in with the intent of disrupting Congress or causing some sort of stir. They thought it was fine to go in and they got charged later. So if we're saying, you know, accidental intent or the oh, absence they will have of intent. No such protections. Yes. Okay. If that's if that's exonerating for Bowman, that has to be exonerating. You know, whether whether that's the case under the letter of the law, just philosophically, I'm speaking more philosophically here. Right. That that exoneration based on the absence of intent has to be extended to like ninety percent of January sixth, mm-hmm. quote unquote, offenders. Yep. But. Did you see, I, I've been wondering what I'm going to be for Halloween or what we're going to be. I haven't decided yet. I saw this. It's good. I love the spirit Halloween memes, but Jamal Bowman door handle <laughs> is a leading candidate. You'd have um, to do blackface. That's true. It would be an opportunity for that. The only thing, these these memes usually have the list of like includes, excludes, you know, and there's a bullet point list. And this one should exclude reading proficiency, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I'm not... You know, this is a plenty good meme. I'm sure there was a lot of effort in the Photoshop here, but yeah, just, there's no shit on this meme. Come on. I'm, it's more effort than I put in. I'm the one stealing the meme. Uh, but I just, you know, I, that's uh, my favorite part of Halloween is the spirit Halloween memes, you know? And yeah. I, speaking of spirit Halloween, uh, do you have a bed bath in Coeur d'Alene or did you have a bed bath? It's going out of business. Yeah. So it's, I, I was, I was down by the former bed bath in, 
Are um, they all going out of business? It's all going out. The formal, the former Bed Bath in Bozeman, and that Bed Bath had tried to revive itself. And so on the right side of the building, there's still a sign that says, come in, newly renovated, awesome new merchandise, whatever. And then front and center where it used to say Bed Bath & Beyond in giant letters, what is it now? It's Spirit Halloween. It's always Spirit Halloween, isn't it? <laughs> so I was texting my wife with a picture. It's like, life comes at you fast, you know? Never take any day for granted. Today, you're a Bed Bath <laughs> begging for customers. Tomorrow, you're a Spirit <laughs> Halloween. And that really... I, I, spirit Halloween's fun, you know. Like we go to Spirit Halloween, we check out the costumes, and but for some reason, there's just like the idea of becoming a Spirit Halloween is like the ultimate defeat. It's the ultimate devastation. And oh, our it's country the most depressing buildings. Our country is becoming Spirit Halloween before our very eyes. It totally is. Anyway, uh, you have any other thoughts on Bowman? Um, Nope, I think that uh, idiot is probably where I land on this one. Mm. I do really have to pee, though. Do you okay, want to take a well, break, or should we? Um, do you want to start the next topic? I back. can start up on the Philadelphia riots. We'll get into that, and then we'll get into hoax hate. Uh, because the op- this chair. the uh, the opportunistic crime in our cities continues, and it's even intensifying as we continue to excuse the rampant criminality and act like people stealing iPhones. As we'll get to, that that's just people trying to provide for their family in desperate times. This week, Philadelphia was ravaged by looting amid protests against a judge's decision to dismiss all charges against a former police officer who shot, excuse me, shot and killed a man in his car during a traffic stop last month. Dozens, if not hundreds of people, and I noticed the New York Times here doesn't use the otherwise preferred term of people of color in this coverage. Uh, Instead, it's uh, 60 people. Uh, People broke into a series of stores Stealing shoes, alcohol, iPhones, and other goods. Much of the looting was streamed live, and um, that actually helped to secure arrests and charges for these 60 people. Which brings us to the uh, misadventures of Meatball. And again, I'm new to Meatball. When people emailed me about Meatball, I thought it was a Jersey Shore thing. But Meatball Meatball is an even meatier character who uh, apparently does live streams in Philadelphia. Some, something of an online influencer, this Meatball. And um, and so she was on the scene offering commentary and uh, some might say encouragement for the looting crowd. So here's some video of her participation in the in the looting this week, her reconciling with her arrest. And yes, even a clip from her only fans, which, uh, according to this Daily Caller reporting, actually does exist. Everybody that you know carry for me. I never been through nothing like that ever in my life. I don't even know what ha- what what happened. Like I need some sleep. I'm scared. I'm traumatized. Never again in my life. This is the OnlyFans. Now, why she's in a shower with a handgun, I don't know. 
Everybody scream and walk them home and then go bless your girl. Dude, what am I supposed to say? How how can I comment on this without getting our show kicked off? Like, what am I? How many racial stereotypes can you possibly embody as one human being? For a second there, she didn't already sound like is she's Aunt Jemima. English. It's not even Halloween, okay? Oh, oh god! <laughs> oh my god! Why were they uh, breaking the phones? I actually wondered that, and I found an answer. It's because when a phone somehow the phones Apple has some kind of tracking on them or something when they are stolen from a store they disable they auto disable and so the uh, the the thieves um, saw that the phones became disabled and got mad and started smashing them that's why they were smashing them because they were bricked oh god okay as, as far okay. as she, she comes back what happened what happened what happened is very simple you committed rampant crime you got arrested like, for it traumatized yeah, how about like, the store owners you <laughs> you did it you okay so meatball gets charged and and then she's she's crying about it and released she's she's now the victim meatball was arrested this week she spent a night in jail she faces felony charges for the looting that she filmed and cheered on excitedly it would appear based in that on the video Meatball now says she regrets her actions and is ashamed. She was even crying in her mugshot. That's how upsetting this was to Meatball. And in an Instagram post, Meatball says she can't believe how awful the authorities are to black people in prison. Uh, my bet is the authorities were much less awful than uh, she and her friends were to these local businesses. So uh, as long as we're comparing who was awful here, but Meatball's lawyer, of course says that, uh, the arrest, or at least the criticism of Meatball afterward, is uh, is racist. So, in a statement, the lawyer Jessica Mann uh, says the media criticism of Meatball is sickening. It's an all-out assault on black and brown people because that's it's just any black person. If I criticize Meatball, it's any black person. I can't oh, say God. she has some uh, uniquely uh, poor qualities about her. Does Meatball? Um, it's an all-out assault on black and brown people as their character and actions are mercilessly vilified. Did media coverage do that? Or did Meatball, recording the video herself, did she vilify herself? Uh, she vilified herself, yeah, of course. She's like Urkel asking, did I do that? But she, I guess Urkel really did do it too. But she really did do that. Uh, man says Meatball, this this goes up there with like austere religious scholar scholar and uh, you know how Michael Brown was just like a, the valedictorian of his class because we have that yeah, photo totally. of him in a graduation gown or Where's whatever. Where's the one of her when she's nine and they lighten up her skin? <laughs> uh, Meatball is just a vibrant and charismatic 21-year-old African-American female who was catapulted to the limelight through her incredible talent for creating hilarious and captivating content on social media. But also the stealing. I noticed she had a bottle in her hand there in the video. The iPhones that she's begging for. The lawyer says that Meatball was just reporting. She was actually holding up a mirror to the city of Philadelphia so that the city of Philadelphia could see its ugly reflection. That's all Meatball was doing. Again, was that a direct quote? It sounded like you were just making that up. No. How Did you can you really say that? Here's the direct quote. How can we stand idly by as they continue to paint Meatball as the perpetrator when she was merely holding up a mirror to Philadelphia so that it could see its ugly reflection? That's all Meatball was doing. <laughs> Maybe she was holding up a mirror to the quality of American black people. And that's what's going on. Here. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know where the mirror was pointed, but uh, 
any criticism, Dude. any criticism is uh, intolerable. So Meatball, how much money has she made through this cash app? Do we know? I don't know how much she's made, but she is begging for money. So she asked her Instagram following to donate through cash app. She's sell she's selling merchandise now with pictures of her crying mugshot. So again, if these, if these hoodies were at foot locker, they're free. You should steal them says meatball. But since they're in meatballs warehouse, they're now $45 plus tax and shipping. Oh my God. Which brings us to target. Target is shutting down its stores for the same reason. Hey, uh, it's not safe and we're not profitable when people keep stealing stuff. Uh, yeah, totally. So they're shutting down nine stores on October 21st because, quote, theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our team and guests. Organized retail crime is when uh, a bunch of people break in and they can't target one person, one individual, so they just loot together. We saw it a lot at uh, luxury goods stores during um, the summer of love. But uh, they're losing money. They're contributing to an unsustainable business performance. And the closings are in New York. Uh, let's see. One of those stores is in Harlem. Two Seattle stores. And Seattle already closed the one by the market. So this is the third Seattle store. Three stores in San Francisco and Oakland. And three in Portland. So the usual suspects. Exactly where you would imagine <laughs> these things are happening. I expected one in Minneapolis, but, um, Oh, that one's still alive. I'll get to that, that one. Well, there are, there are many in the Minneapolis area, of course, but the, the George gets, Floyd one is still yeah, alive. Yeah, totally. Um, um, but target gets what they deserve on this. Yeah. Well, and I love the arguments too. Oh, target is abandoning its responsibility to the community. Why don't they just hire Whatever, they're with, a business. The exact, well, yes, they, they don't have a responsibility to provide you with free shit. Yeah. Regardless. But even and if, if they the were, security guard can't use force, then what's yeah. even the point? Like, can you imagine the press <laughs> if this happened and a security guard shot somebody? Yeah, the security guard can just maybe record a video, but we're not even sure about that. He might be fired for recording a video because <laughs> that yeah. would be a, that would uh, unfairly stereotype black people like meatball. Uh, so we don't we don't want to do that. It's like, why would the company continue to sink money into hiring people who will be punished if they exercise force in defense of their property yeah, it's completely exactly. untenable and e even the other efforts they've taken a lot of these theft mitigation efforts like locking stuff up in these clear plastic with these clear plastic barriers um, i don't know to what degree those actually slow down or stop the theft but there's also no denying that um, just for me as as a shopper it, it, it ruins the shopping experience. Totally. You know, like when How you actually you have to act for, to interact for help with somebody. Yeah. to get a Every toothbrush time. or some shit. Mm -hmm. I want no part of that business because it's just totally inconvenient. Even if it's not their fault, even if they have to do it because of all the theft happening. So I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if you install those barriers, even if they deter theft, they probably have a negative impact on just your overall sales because the mm -hmm. store is so annoying now. And yeah. for all of these answers, Target should, should should do this. Target should do that. Stop breaking the law, asshole, as the, the liar, liar <laughs> yeah. quote. Stop committing crime. For the love of God, just stop stealing. And guess what? These problems go away. And if you steal, sorry, I don't care if you go to prison. You should. If I you steal, yeah. you should. And if well, if you steal and someone, what, what were you going to say? I mean, Target deserves it. Oh, I don't oh, think Leon. the people that engage in petty theft at Target should go to jail. Oh, I see. <laughs> this is protecting yourself for the decades-long makeup heist that you engaged in. And
and every woman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it has to be commensurate. This kind of theft, it doesn't bother. It's not like the, the, the monetary value of goods. It it's the cultural problem that it represents that, that really, really pisses me off. Most of these are mega corporations whose values, um, I could not be less aligned with. And so when they lose money, I think it's funny, but I do have a problem with it because of the cultural relevance. Well, and, and target, uh, target, if if you want to argue they deserve it, you know, I I would say it's because it's a consequence of the values. Yeah. That they themselves promoted. Um, yeah, they're getting, they're getting what they deserve from the very people that, um, that they've pandered to. And I think it's hilarious. Now, if they would have put rifles mounted up on the top of this Target store uh, on Lake Street in Minneapolis at the time and said, fuck off to anyone who thinks they're going to steal anything, I would have more sympathy for Target. Instead, instead of sticking up for themselves after all this George Floyd nonsense uh, three summers ago, Target, of course, then uh, they kowtowed to it. Yeah. So a year after George Floyd's death, that Lake Street target in Minneapolis that was mercilessly looted the summer prior, what did they do? Did they say, hey, please stop stealing. We'll arrest you. We'll have you arrested and charged if you do. No, instead they put up murals outside the store with Black Lives Matter slogans and celebratory images of buildings burning. You can see one in the image right there that says together. And of course, uh, this target is right across the street from the Minneapolis police precinct that actually burned down. Of course, as a, a further gesture, Target continued highlighting black-owned products at this store, as well as transgender nonsense that caught controversy uh, earlier this year. But it is hard to be sympathetic with a business um, when the business has invited this nonsense for the last few years. Of course, on principle, I don't want any business to suffer these consequences. But hey, Target, you are the people who said more of this. Yes, this. These communities are suffering and they should be empowered well, here's your empowerment. Yeah. Now you can't do business anymore and your shareholders are really pissed off. So yeah. enjoy it. Anyway, uh, hey, speaking of <laughs> speaking of Seattle, dude, okay. Ugh. I know we're a little tight on time. This one's very involved. I got to play it. Uh, and okay. and this news clip is longer than one I... Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Formalities, hoax, hate crime of the week. I can't skip it. <laughs> Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? All right, so this news clip is longer than one I would normally share, and that's because when I sat down to edit it, there was just so much in it that I couldn't cut. So yeah. in, in Seattle, married couple Shiloh Thorpe and Scarlett Hendrickson have three children, a two-year-old and newborn twins. And I assume that means that they have three children together, though I was trying to figure that out. I I think maybe they, these kids don't have the same dad because of the phrasing in some of the stories. But whatever. They, are, they have three children in their custody. <clears throat> the couple says they're the victim of transphobia at their apartment complex after Shiloh, the father, was attacked by neighbors. Now, the story starts and the headline reads, woman attacked. A woman is speaking out after being brutally attacked. It's not a woman speaking out. It's a guy who apparently put three babies inside of his wife. Fox 13's Alejandra Guzman spoke with the woman and her wife and Ali. 
Their attackers are already out of jail, so I imagine that leaves them feeling extra unsafe tonight. Shiloh Thorpe was non-binary for a couple of years, but a voice inside her was telling her there was something more. Tried out, you know, saying I'm a woman and I'd like to live my life as a woman in my head, saying that and seeing how that felt, felt pretty good. The 27-year-old started embracing who she really is. With the support of her wife, Scarlett, she started her transition a year ago. I knew there was going to be issues, um, but I thought it would be the issues we faced. And so far, that's just been yelling from cars. Uh, someone stole a flag. The situation escalated, she says, about a month ago. A man in his 20s was standing inside her home. Because our toddler has tantrums because she's a toddler. Tuesday, their worst fears became a reality. I start hearing like really loud crashing noises, like things falling and breaking and all this stuff. Shiloh says she believes her neighbors threw her stroller, car seat, shoes, and two-year-old's daughter's toys over the balcony. In her search for their belongings, she says she questioned her neighbors who were outside and says one of them became confrontational. Yeah, so at one point, uh, the, the blonde guy, you know, smacks my face and is still like, yeah, come on, let's do something. Shiloh says she slapped him and her neighbor unleashed on her. Um, the blonde guy picked me up and slammed me to the ground. I didn't see exactly what was happening, but apparently they were kicking and it was just over and over and over and over and they were calling me the F story. Scarlett witnessing the assault from their third story window, their daughter in her arms. She called 911. She says immediately the two jumped in their car and sped off, leaving Shiloh outside their apartment complex beaten. I wasn't even like remotely scared of men before and I am now like... And just I, randoms. I, I can't, I don't trust anybody. And I hate that she has to learn that part of being a woman. Because we all know it. We all know what it's like to be afraid of men. Seattle police confirming the case to Fox 13, saying two men were arrested. Those charging documents are still pending. But according to the mothers, the men were released. The judge released them. He's not calling it a hate crime because they had broken into my house and that wasn't um, motivated by hate. They're saying because there was history, they can't call this a hate crime. What? Where do I even start? Okay. Uh, that guy's not a faggot because he's sticking his male penis in his <laughs> wife's female vagina so that they can have children the normal way. Uh, okay. Let, let's, let's back up. So the way he decided was that he was a woman was he started saying out loud that he's a woman and it felt good. Yes. And that's, and that's just a lot of things feel good that you shouldn't be doing. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the, that's your decision-making. Like, oh, well, I tried crack and it felt good. So I thought this must be the way I should live. <laughs> uh, even, okay, so even setting aside the countdown um, for when these kids murder their parents in a decade <laughs> or two, they're going to have be, be, they're going to need GoFundMe support like Desmond will, clearly. Um, the allegation here is, is actually very difficult to follow and doesn't make any sense. I tried to map it out. Um, is, wait, is, but, are they even suggesting that it was because of their that they're trans yes 100 like, they're saying that's why they noise? were attacked but the only evidence of that is that the guy called him a faggot yeah but even the nature of that confrontation has an, an explanation that they describe in the story so clearly whatever's going on here these two are very annoying neighbors are complaining with them uh about noise issues and apparently they're leaving their stuff everywhere that much we gather so as far as this physical conflict, the tranny says he heard the name he heard, okay, heard the neighbors throwing his stroller car seat and other kid stuff over the balcony did not see, but heard 
The tranny then says that he blamed the neighbors who were outside. So he hears this crashing. Okay. It's stuff being thrown off their third floor balcony. He goes outside and finds his neighbors who he then blames, which I don't even understand because if the neighbors are outside, how did they throw the stuff off the balcony that you just heard? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. But the neighbor then responded to the challenge from the tranny by beating his ass. But even the nature of the challenge here, the, uh, the tranny is the one who went outside and accused them. And then by admission, I didn't even catch this the first time listening. I heard it this time though. Shiloh, the tranny says when this guy, so I, I walk outside, I accuse this guy of throwing my stuff. He said, I didn't do that. And then they get confrontational. And then the tranny Shiloh says, I slapped him. So you got right. verbally confrontational by accusing him. He denied when he denied you got physically confrontational by slapping him. He was the one that slapped him. Yeah. That's what I thought I just heard. He's I thought he said the blonde guy slapped. Me. He said the blonde guy kicked my kicked my ass. Oh, I so he go, slapped him in the face and the blonde guy kicked his ass. That that's what it sounds me. like. I Maybe I'll have oh, to go okay. back and listen, but I don't think the slap is a very womanly thing to do. Is it? I think Ew. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. you got verbally confrontational by accusing them of something that you don't have evidence to suggest that they did. Even the circumstances don't make sense. Then when it became verbally uh, a verbal conflict, you initiated the physical conflict by slapping and then they kicked your ass. Okay. That sounds like the tranny initiating and instigating, not them, but even the nature of, of the beating, he says, I don't really remember what happened. They apparently they were kicking me. Well, were they kicking you or not? Because if you're getting your your ass literally kicked, I guarantee you're going to remember it. You're going to know what happened to you. Yeah. Then they say the wife witnessed the attack and then bailed and bailed with her two year old. They called 911 and left the scene in the car. First of all, why do you leave when your family is getting beat up? That's no. They said that the that the suspects fled in the car. I no. The wife fled in the car. Called 911 and left. Why? And this is what's weird. Like, even if you want to make the argument, oh, it's a dangerous situation for our children. So I just got our children out of there. The story says that she left with the two-year-old. But then the question is, what about the new, the newborn the twins? Kids. The story says explicitly the two took off in their car, not the four, as in the mom and the two-year-old. What the hell happened with the, the newborns during this encounter? And, and then, you know, the absolute comedy of this blue-haired woman saying that that women understand the fear of men as she's standing next to a man who is this freak show pretending to be a woman. Shouldn't that be threatening behavior there? There's one man to fear here and it's this guy and what he's going to do to your kids. That's the man to fear in this situation. And if all women know what it's like to fear men and this alleged woman next to you does not actually know what that is and has to learn it. Does that not imply that he's not actually a woman? Here's a trait that's inherent to womanhood that this person doesn't know, even though he is a woman, but he also has to learn to be a woman. Well, if he is a woman, how does he have to learn to be one? That doesn't even make sense. He's playing one. He's an actor. This is a costume. Your own reasoning acknowledges that. And, and the last fact, if a Seattle judge released these guys, these attackers, he must have had a really good reason. And the Seattle judge is like, well, no, I mean, come on, that's not a hate crime. You know, there is something else to this story. Yeah. The reality is these neighbors, these people are psychos. If you can't tell that from this story, they are terribly annoying neighbors. And there was They're some terrorizing confront- their neighbors. Yeah. The, and then they physically confronted somebody else and then he kicked his, he got his ass kicked. Yeah. I, I mean, if he I want to defend himself because he's actually a woman now, I'm afraid of man. I thought I was going to put it in my butt. <laughs> like, no, it sounds like this guy just uh, kicked your ass because you deserved it. How about that? 
So, uh, well, I know you long for Seattle sometimes, but uh, at least those people aren't your neighbors. I really Yet. don't. I mean, this would be funny if there weren't children involved. Just by looking at these people, you can tell that in a society that was functional, they would just be kind of average people, right? Yeah, sure. There, there's a world like in which What happened to them? There's a world in which they are a totally normal, healthy couple. And what happened to them is ideology and uh, a defiance of the natural order of the world, like we were talking about earlier. You want to talk like Zorzi's uh, super chats earlier about how denial totally, of, that pu- yeah. of that moral order to the world, the consequences it produces, this. And... Um, yeah, man. I mean, the, the children and that's that's why I say I don't understand who the parents are, because there's certain phrasing in this that implies that the newborns are not actually his kids. It says she is the mother of the newborns. Well, yeah, but and then I don't even know what that means either, because they mean that the guy is the dad when they're saying that. But it's in tranny language. An open, so. an open relationship because he's been on hormone therapy for a year. Right. Doesn't that stop sperm production? Yeah, good question. I mean, I don't, but maybe Those twins look like they were what, six months old? He could have, he could have pumped and then decided I'm a woman now and started on the estrogen the day after. We have a nine month window there. Oh, that's true. You know, there's, there's a, there's wow, a year I'm to work so with dumb. in this timeline. Like, well, they were six months old. So that means that he must have pumped her six months ago. What is yeah. wrong with me? I don't know. My brain. Pregnancy math. It's better than Jamal Bowman reading, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Okay, last uh, last item here. This is pro- I don't even know if this is fake. Um, it might be real. I just bring it up because it's some hateful graffiti that's truly original. It's not your usual backward swastika type stuff. Near the campus of the University of Texas in Austin, not on the campus, but near the campus in some residential neighborhood, someone spray painted what is being called anti-Semitic an anti-Semitic message on the sidewalk outside a home. The graffiti does include SS. A reference to the German police and something else, maybe a swastika. I can't tell, but the text reads God's dick is white. University of Texas is investigating who left an anti-Semitic message near campus. Uh, we blurred the image out. It was spray painted on a sidewalk in a social media post. The university condemned the act saying it is not protected speech. Crews have since cleaned up the message. UT says it will discipline the people responsible if they are associated with the university. God's dick is white. <laughs> I don't even. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I don't. Okay. That, that's a new one to me. They're saying it's not protected speech. Like, obviously, the vandalism is not protected, but the phrase God's dick is white is perfectly First Amendment protected speech. You can say that all you want. I just don't, uh, I guess it's anti, I guess they're calling it anti-Semitic because what the SS thing. Yeah. But God's dick is white is, is not an inherently anti-Jewish statement. So it must just be the, the Nazi symbolism, I guess. (laughs) Whatever. I don't even know. Well, I just don't understand. Like if somebody's going to hoax hate this, why? I don't know. I don't know. This one is a true mystery. I don't know why someone would hoax in this way. I also don't know why someone who actually, uh, you know, does have uh, grievances with the state of race relations and wishes to express them, why they'd say God's dick is white. It's very weird phrasing. Well, why would you think God has a dick? Yeah, that, I, I started thinking about that, too. It's like we're made in his image, but does God have a dick? Yeah, I don't think God's up there just just jerking off all the time. <laughs> it's a really human impulse, right? He needs a little godly privacy now and then, I suppose. 
one of the John. Leaves. It's lonely when you're God. You're really in a class of your own, you know. Well, and then and then that's its own question. Who does God think about? Like, what what does God think about? Uh, whatever. Thinks about you, Matt. He's God. Yeah. All right. Before we um, Matt made love with God. Where are those? Oh no. Stop. Yeah. Before we get our, we're already condemned to hell. But I don't need to be condemned any further. It's time to talk the movie. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 2008 Christopher Nolan thriller The Dark Knight in which Batman and Gotham City law enforcement battle an insane criminal bent on chaos and destruction for show. From movie picker The House Always Wins, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker was so good it cost his sanity and his life. That, along with a fantastic musical score, makes this a standout film by a standout director. Of course, we have our AI art from uh, Jamie and Jeannie. And um, I I was thinking, (laughs) give it like I put five more years in the review. Within five years, you'll reach this state. But I don't even think it's going to be that far. Like, give it one more year and this will be your luck. Oh, God, I look terrible. I think it looks awesome. I, I love this one. I like it. You look so handsome. Uh, it, I, it definitely like me in a Christian Bale mashup definitely kind of narrows some of my facial features. Why can't you make yourself look more like that guy? Uh, I don't know. I could try. It's going to be tough, though. Uh, anyway. Okay. All right. Are you good? Are yeah, you your good? review and your rating. Okay. I will start by saying that, like, I am 90% sure that you loved this. Hmm. I'm 80% sure. I'm 65% sure that you love this. That's my final guess. Okay. I've always loved this movie. Heath Ledger gives this career defining performance and it is so suspenseful. Like that movie is so suspenseful that I found my, I've seen it before, like several times. I found myself being like, Ooh, what's going to happen. Um, I love that you sympathize with all of the characters and that the Joker might actually be more representative of the sentiment of the people um, than Batman. And I like that. I like it when you have a villain where you kind of, you can connect with the villain. I I, I like that. Um, And then I like that they had the balls to kill off Rachel. It was just unrepentant in its darkness. This movie, it was just, it was so dark. Um, my main gripe with this movie is that like, I am so sick of them aggressively casting uh, women that are not sexually attractive in the female love interest role. And Katie Holmes has this kind of same problem where she looks like, Ooh, I'm a, I'm a basset hound. And like, and that's who no they were going to pick originally. Well, she was in the previous ones. Oh, I didn't Rachel even know she was in the previous. I didn't know it got that far. Yeah. Katie. Holmes. Hmm. Yeah. And like something about Katie Holmes is like, objectively pretty but like i i just don't i just can't imagine anybody wants to have sex with it you know and maggie gyllenhaal kind of has the same problem except she's not objectively pretty it's like in these love interest roles it has to be a woman that where men are like i would but maggie gyllenhaal no one's thinking about that like she has to be ugly because she's smart or something is that why they did that yeah i don't know i mean even if there are men who would think i would and i guarantee you there are men who think i would it, it without getting too far into my own review here, the idea that like the top men of Gotham city are posturing like for this vying over. 
Yeah, like yeah. Harvey Dent. Uh, I can't remember that actor's name because I'm retarded during pregnancy, but he's like, and Christian Bale, they're like the most handsome guys on the planet. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal's like, the old pig nose. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you look like a dog and a pig at the same time? <laughs> hey, that's what my dog but looks do. like. She looks like a French <laughs> she bulldog. She looks like Bash. Yeah. Yeah, really. So I don't know that the casting of the female lead, it's like they keep doing this thing. It's some feminist agenda where they want us to think that beauty is not actually beauty or whatever. And that sexual attractiveness doesn't matter. And for that reason, I knocked off a whole star. Wow. Also, this idea that, you know, America's or Gotham's richest man dresses in a bat suit and fights crime. It's kind of gay, but it's a fantastic (laughs) movie. I gave it a four out of five. Just for Maggie Gyllenhaal, one wiki gone. All right. Listen, the, the female lead, it's an important role. There's supposed to be sexual dynamics at play there. Yeah. And the casting was so offensive to me. Like, why? Maggie Gyllenhaal, why? You you had to have thought this, that you were like, Ugh. Well, you, you diagnosed my reception of this movie and you diagnosed one of my few gripes. Uh, we're definitely on the same page as far as Maggie Gyllenhaal. So you liked it and you hated now, Maggie Gyllenhaal. I, I love this movie. It's the second time I've seen it. Um, okay. And here's here's a funny story. Uh, not really that funny, but it'll it, it's it's related to my lack of movie knowledge. I my senior thesis, my political science thesis when I was a, a young man, uh, my, my senior year of college in 2010, my senior political science thesis was about uh, the conditions that lead candidates to advertise negatively. So what I did was I looked at where candidates are in their polling position and did a whole statistical analysis about how that correlates with how they advertise at the time. How do how does uh, how do certain factors affect the messaging that political candidates choose to use in their advertising? And uh-huh. I ended up calling that thesis "Why So Negative?" because it was an <laughs> attempt to explain through <laughs> empirical methods the decision to either advertise emphasizing your own strengths or advertising attacking your opponent with all sorts of negative things. And um, and one of my friends said, oh, why? So ne-? so it's like uh, the Batman thing or it's like uh, the Dark Knight. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know, why so serious? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And so I named this thing <laughs> after why so serious without even realizing that I was doing that. That's how the, the ah. references of this movie were so common at the time that that it had, that had come into my brain without even seeing the movie. So then th- this friend of mine made me watch the Dark Knight at the time so this is 2010 so that i would understand what the hell i'm even naming my senior thesis upon graduation great it, story it's crazy um but compelling and rich yes but as you can see i'll scroll through here i wrote a freaking wall of text about my fascination with this movie and we don't have time to go through all of that so if you're interested in my full thoughts go over to my website the link to the batman or to the dark knight review is right there on the homepage. you can click it and read it um, but I'll really quickly, like th- this is a movie of such rare excellence in all of its presentation. And by that, I mean the action and the effects are unique and tense and I love them. Uh, the mm. costuming and the makeup, like every- Heath Ledger's performance is excellent, obviously, but the gritty, the gritty look of the Joker. And I love Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I yeah. actually like Jared Leto's Joker, even though I know a lot of people don't. The This Joker is as much about the appearance as it is the performance. Mm-hmm. It's just nailed all the way around. Um, and then there's so much to the point on the writing, you know, this movie has so many deep philosophical and moral predicaments to consider 
but the writing has this way of summarizing them in these excellent quotables. And it's not these, the quotables that stick, like, you know, some men just want to watch the world burn. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. All those things. They're very common quotables, but they're usually think of movie quotables as like some throwaway comedy line. These are things that are summarizing really deep philosophical questions. And so it's, it's not just the depth of the movie, but the way that the writing is able to summarize that conversationally in its dialogue is, is really well done. Now, as far I could, I could write, I'm sure a dozen different bullet points on all the moral dilemmas and the philosophy that I appreciate, but I picked my top four. Um, One is this idea that having no rules is actually an advantage or a win. And that is a theme that is recurring. Oh, the Joker has no rules. You have rules. And that's why the Joker is always besting you because he doesn't operate by such things. But you watch it. It's like, well, what does the Joker actually win though? I mean, the Joker has nothing, wants nothing. He doesn't even want the money. He burns it for fun. And if there Mm -hmm. is no morality, there is no goal. If there is no goal, there is no purpose. There's no, yeah. there's no purpose. There's no satisfaction. You you end up with a life of pointlessness. He smashes and, the iPhone, doesn't he? he yeah, exactly. Um, and and so the only counter is like, yeah, well, you have to be morally flexible to survive, and that's what Joker has. He survives. It's like, yeah, but if you if you want if you had to choose, if you actually had Harvey Dent's revolver to your head and you said you have a choice between a hundred pointless years of life with no purpose whatsoever, or twenty of the highest quality purpose-driven purpose realized years a human could possibly achieve who among us would say, give me the hundred, give me the hundred of uselessness. I want to sit around and, you know, watch daytime TV in my recliner or something like that. And then on this concept of rules, it's like, Oh, Batman, your rules, your rules, Batman. Yeah, but they're not Batman's rules. You know, yeah. in the same way that that you don't go out and kill people or steal unless you're, you know, trying to collect iPhones in Philadelphia. The reason you don't do that, generally speaking, most people don't. It's not just because it's your rules. Like you sat down and decided one day, oh, I think I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to murder. Those, I don't know. I don't really like those. No, the reason you don't is because there's some broad rule about the universe that you know, that you understand, that tells you not to do that. They're not Batman's rules. They're the, the rules of the universe. So the, it's not something he made up in the, in the Batcave one day. There's, it's something about the moral order of the world. And, and I think about these things in the same way that I think about the natural rules of the world, like gravity. It's like, yeah, um, gravity is not your rule. You didn't make it up. You do obey it, though. Right. And if you choose not to, if you're like, ah, fuck gravity, I'm going to jump off this cliff. Uh, you will suffer consequences yeah, for it. Yeah, there will be consequences. In the same way, if you say, I don't care about the moral rules of the world, you also will suffer consequences for it. Great dialogue with Harvey Dent turned Two-Face about decent men in indecent times. Oh, Batman, you thought we could be decent men in indecent times. What were you thinking? I'm I'm a bad guy now. I'm immoral because cruel times have made me this way. I can certainly kind of sympathize with the circumstances that he finds himself in. But I thought this was so fascinating because the back because the reasoning is backward. We don't um, we don't shape morality to the times. We shape times with morality. That is to say, decent men make the times decent, and they do that mm-hmm. through leadership and through winning the argument, and yeah, even defending themselves and their families if they have to. But you don't defeat evil by resigning to it. You you defeat it with a fight. In other words, strong men shape times. And weak men surrender to them. 
And I certainly understand why Harvey Dent is so beat up in this scenario, but saying like, oh, the times are bad, so I'm a bad guy too. That is surrendering to those times rather than being the strong man who influences or shapes time. Um, and then the, the end too, so th- this idea, sometimes the truth isn't good enough. And this is the idea that Batman agreed to conceal the truth about what Harvey did and about how Harvey died because Gotham needs to think that Harvey was this hero because their faith in a city that can be restored is more important than the truth of the matter. And my first reaction to this was that's bullshit. There is no rule Batman quote unquote greater than the truth. You follow and uphold and promote the truth for its own sake. If the truth harms things, so be it because if you lies over time cause harms far greater than, than what you're trying to protect in this case. But I thought about it some more. I'm not persuaded by what Batman did, but I started to entertain the case a little bit more. It's not, not because it's a lie. I think it is a lie. He's not telling the truth about what Harvey did, but because there's something to this idea that leaders take responsibility for those that they lead, even when it's not their fault. Like the best wisdom that I've learned, um, I, I guess from becoming an idiot young person to, what I hope is a wiser man is assume every single thing you don't like about your life is your fault. Yeah. And there's, even there's if a, it's not, it'll improve your quality of life. Exactly. And there is a kind of a lie built into that. There are things about your life that suck that aren't your fault. Like you probably do have some crappy boss who screws you over, or you probably do have a, you know, someone who's doing something bad to you. But the point is that when you, like you said, when you maximize your own responsibility, you're doing everything that you can to get to that best possible version of yourself. And you're going to get as close as possible with that attitude. Something of the same idea applies to leadership where true leaders, good leaders do take responsibility for bad actions of people under their leadership because that is what brings them closer to realizing that full potential. Yeah. Um, there's a nugget of truth there. As I wrote in the, in the review, I th- still think my original position holds because I'd rather have the whole Menendez bar of truth than the nugget of truth. Um, I guess we didn't talk about that story last week. I forgot his gold bars. I love his gold bars, uh, Bob Menendez. But so I think it, the correct answer is still for Gotham to know the truth of the matter. And I don't think that Gotham knowing would really hinder Batman's um, uh, fight to make the city better or would really do. De- I don't know. Like, if you knew about the full extent of the corruption, couldn't that be equally motivating? It's like, wow, this is really bad. We got to clean it up. Do you want to be lied to and think that things are better than they are? How does that lead to uh, improvement? people? People want to be lied to. Yeah. Maybe they do. I don't know. But the point in, in awarding a high score is that it had me thinking about this for hours afterward. Now, those are that's a short list of the things I like. Shorter list oh, of the things I didn't like. Um, Batman's voice is hard to take seriously. And I get that he's, he had to change his voice though. I get why, but they should have done, they did the voice modulation later. Should have done that. Would have made it better. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal. There was no voice modulation. No, it was just him talking like this the whole time. And it just, it sounded, Uh, just sounds silly. You know, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal agreed in full with everything you said. I have nothing to add to it other than thank God. They, well, you even said it. Is that what you wrote? They had the decency to blow her up. Thank you. Thank you for that. But I agree with exactly what she's just not believable as this uh, love interest. It's just, I'm not, I'm not buying it. And then some of the chick that played the Russian prima ballerina, she could have been Rachel. However, she had fake tits and they would never allow that in the Russian ballet. Ah. But whatever. I thought some of Joker's tricks didn't really make sense. And I know that Joker is, is sneaky and he's slippery. 
Um, but he's the most wanted man in Gotham with a very distinct appearance that he puts on video frequently. And he just walks into a hospital still wearing his makeup disguised only with a wig and a mask and nobody notices this. And I guess it's because the hospital is being evacuated and it's chaos or something. I'm going to forgive that one just because the walkout scene with the detonation in the nurse outfit is such an excellent payoff. It's really a a fantastic scene. But then similarly, how does Joker just walk away from the jail detonation when he makes that phone call? Because police, they have him at gunpoint. Suspension of disbelief. All right. Just to review the circumstances, police have him at gunpoint. Joker says, I want my one phone call. They give him a phone. He dials up that bomb in the guy's stomach and it detonates. And then after the explosion, all the cops are just gone and Joker is fine and he just leaves. So the bomb, what, blew everyone away, everyone else in the building, but not him? Or mm. was the bl- was the blast so chaotic that everyone just left to go render aid to others? But they thought, oh, that's Joker for you. Nobody better care about putting him back in the jail selling <laughs> or whatever. It just it was weird. That was a weird one because it just went directly from Joker at gunpoint to nobody around Joker. And if the explanation is a bomb went off and took them out, Joker was in the bomb explosion. Hmm. Or at least very close, close to it. Anyway, that's all uh, minor ticky tack complaints about what is otherwise an excellent movie. So it got the uh, the five wiki from me as well. Well deserved. We love you. You're very special. As I wrote in summary, a true masterpiece in every aspect, in every aspect, except asking me to believe that these two dudes are maneuvering to win Maggie Gyllenhaal. No. Uh, all right. As far as the uh, audience reaction, let's see what we got here. Uh, everyone loves this movie. A majority giving it five wikis in the early vote. 55%. Oh, good. There's one guy who gave it a one. You know who you are. <laughs> out there (laughs) fuck you guy are you ready for the mel show this next week what is it braveheart oh yeah okay i got a lot of stuff to do this week and braveheart is like three hours so (laughs) it's gonna be tough we can't watch gallipoli come on guys gallipoli's not up it has been before but uh it's not this time i just watched braveheart weird i I figure you would watch it every week in your house no Hmm. it's not my favorite mel movie as far as hey, uh, he moved to Coeur d'Alene. Oh, he lives there now. Him. So you guys are going to hang out. Well, no, I uh, I have a friend who um, her kid was playing with what she thought was this old guy's grandson, but turned out to be Mel Gibson with his son. And then she was like, is that Mel Gibson? OK. And it was Mel Gibson. This was like last week. Oh, it actually was him. It was not mistaken. All right. It was him. Yeah. So I don't know unless he's on vacation again, but I heard he brought, bought property in hmm. Samuels or something. Well, as far as the the next movie, uh, nominations are Seven, Kingsman, The Secret Service, Arrival, Gone with the Wind, The Searchers, The Grapes of Wrath, Old Yeller, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We got to catch up with chat because uh, I thought that I could be brief about The Dark Knight, but I there's so much to say about that movie. You just couldn't. You couldn't do it. I'm glad you liked it. It, it was, was truly. The last uh, few movie reviews are, really made me hate you a lot. Well, and I hated those movies. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. But 
I, I watched it, you know, 15 years ago, a little 13 years ago, um, out of more of an obligation, like a friend who was making me do it, even though I liked the movie this time, I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, I think that it's, it's the themes of it really resonated with me a lot more than the first time. Okay. Good. Uh, Hillbilly Deluxe asking Matt to wait, wait, wait. no, hold on. I got to go back. I skipped one. Raymond Donovan is gay. Back from the great state of Montana, nothing is as spiritual and humbling as standing insignificantly at the base of a mountain. Hard to not believe in capital G God as the creator of such a painting. Well, I'm glad that Montana landscapes inspire that in you. And uh, there's certainly a lot of space around here to realize how small you are compared to the uh, vastness of the world. So I'm glad you had a good trip. And I hope you got to visit a town pump. That's the most important part. In addition to finding spiritual clarity. Uh, Hillbilly Deluxe asking Matt to look more like that mashup art is impossible. For starters, he'd have to get a bit of a tan, which we know snow apes cannot do. They just oh. get a sunburn. You know, actually, I don't burn that badly. Um, not not, not uh, as bad as like not as bad as like the gingers of the world, you know, where it's like five minutes and they're they're orange. Yeah, or I do. red, it's, it's whatever. Red. Um, and they're orange. <laughs> yeah, well, my brain is fried. That would suck so much if gingers when they, they have orange they hair. Go. You know what? <laughs> Raymond Donovan is gay. Uh, also says on my American Airlines flight out of Montana, there was a safety pamphlet that warned of deep vein thrombosis or DVT. Uh, what is in your water out there, man? Also, Raymond and his wife are gay. Well, I'm glad you didn't get a DVT, but you were informed. <laughs> I am going to get a deep vein thrombosis. They I need... forgot to tell you, I thought I got deep vein thrombosis on the plane yesterday. Oh shit. So you got you got a, your leg cramped up or what? Okay, so when you're pregnant, swelling is expected, but yeah. if you have swelling in one leg, like you yeah. should be worried. Yeah. So I'm on a plane and like I'm getting up every 2 hours, but I made the critical error of falling asleep for like three hours. Ah. And Emmeline was on my leg on one of my legs and I get off the plane, I get in the car and I look, one of my feet is so swollen that like the skin on it is all stretched out and shiny. So swollen. I could not believe it. And my husband's like, you're being crazy. Just elevated. It'll be fine. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to chill out. But for like four hours, I was like, I'm, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to get a blood clot. And I'm gonna die. And Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. <laughs> That's what they need to so play. Weird. They do all the warnings about how to put the mask, or, you know, get air if the, if the oh. plane has to, if the plane loses pressure. They need to warn people about DVT. DVT, but yeah. I was. Fine. I, I don't know if it's the same in pregnant women. I guess I was diagnosed with DVT in pregnancy. You would so know. I, so I do have experience. Um, <laughs> the pain, though. Did you have pain in this? Though? I didn't have any pain okay. or redness. The pain and I didn't is, have any trouble walking. And so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking Matt said he was in yeah. horrible pain. Yeah. And then also they say that DVT, it's all, the skin is almost always warm to the touch. I didn't have that, but uh, that's oh. one, one reason why the urgent care lady didn't think that's what it was is because that was not a symptom. Okay. But uh, if, if you were to experience it, it like you can't walk and it, it is excruciatingly painful. No, I had no pain. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to elevate my foot and make my husband drive five hours after we just took a 10 hour flight with our toddler. Oh, because you guys went into Seattle and then drove home. Is that how you did it? It was a rough day. We had to pull over at like 11 a.m. to sleep on the side of the road. And there aren't even any town pumps. What the hell do you no do? No town where pumps. Do, where do you eat? Yeah. Where do you pee? 
McDonald's, it was no good. Last one over on Rumble. Nikki941, Blonde and I once made hate after trying to finish off Grosskreutz in Wisconsin. We fled to Canada where we accidentally were accidentally lauded by Justin Trudeau and the parliament. Gage Grosskreutz changed his name. Did you? Uh, I saw it. It was it wasn't his initials like PP or something. Yeah, exactly. Paul Prediger and uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck said. Prediger? Yeah. He said he, need, he needed to change his name to Seth Prediger because that's closer to the truth. Seth Prediger as in sex. Predator. It was a little bit of a thinker, but I, yeah, I love that. You, why would he name his whatever? <laughs> uh all right we're good on rumble um good on odyssey good on d live thank you guys over there uh let's catch up on youtube and tippy and we'll call it a night jake just wanted to say thank you to the, to you both or i got to i hope that that means thank you in japanese and not like go fuck your mother for the new parent advice a few months back we had our baby girl last month and i'm using your advice daily great show god bless i have no idea what i told you but i hope we love you. Helpful. You're very special. Congratulations. I'm sure our advice was uh, perfect as always. But uh, you, you, the, it's, there's good advice. I think there are good practices, but there's also just the truth that like there's a special bond between parent and child that uh, that just exists naturally, organically. And uh, and I'm sure uh, you guys are enjoying the benefit of that. So all, all the best to your family, man. Congratulations. Yep. Uh... Sid says to blonde, I just no, I didn't read that. Uh okay, Rina Sai. Okay, Rina Sai. That means welcome home. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I bought PN. So no, 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 no. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Ibot. I am not gonna be niggardly. I've got veining throbbing bonus for Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> General grievance. Okay, that's a Konichiwa, lie. blonde. You might have welcome a, back. A... What? It's going to make a joke about how you might have a, a, a slightly, just the slightest bonus or bosis for <laughs> the slightest bosis for Gyllenhaal. Not a throbbing bosis. Nobody has a throbbing no. bosis for Maggie no, Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal is only like 45 and my wife and I were talking about this while we were Dude, watching Dude, she it. looks like she's 70. What happened? Look up some of the photos currently of Maggie Gyllenhaal, who again is like 45 years old. It's like that lady looks Feinstein-esque. Oh, really? She looks like she's about to die. She's got a face that's like not super conducive with aging. Like she has really deep, like uh, nasolabial folds. Yeah, it's just a, it's a crevice, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. It's like so uh, the guy, the guy in Touching the Void when he fell in. That's where he fell in was the cracks in Maggie Gyllenhaal's face. <laughs> They're that deep. You didn't watch Touching the Void. I've seen it. Yeah, I, we didn't. Oh, it oh. didn't come up in when it was up for the vote, uh, but I've seen it. It's a great movie. General Graves. Konichiwa, blonde. Welcome back to the land of round eye. Now, if you're done buying underwear from vending machines, can we back to the regular showtimes? JK, glad to have you back. I didn't see any of that nonsense in Japan. Hmm. Um, thank you. Uh, Esoterica Unbound. That noise this morning was the collective groan of 3.5 million non-essential federal employees learning they'd have to return to work on Monday. Contrary to plans they'd already made for the expected paid time off. Oh, yeah. So there's That's a lot what everybody's of, uh, thinking about, yeah. A lot of vacations that have been canceled. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that. Kaiser and Gilroy. Blondie-san, welcome back. Help you had a fantastic trip, and you told people what a lady in Washington State once said. Uh-oh. Let me Google this really quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. Okay, okay. It's, it's an insult. insults. Yeah. 
I'm going to read it because I don't care. This is an insult. All right. Horitsu ihan janai yo kuso yaro. That one means go fucking away. What does it mean? I don't know. Oh, I, I googled I could... it. it. Just said it an insult. Um, I'm going to keep reading. Lee okay. Yeah. I, I supposedly it's in here, but I can't find it anyway. Some Bo-sifus. sort of Japanese profanity. Hear me and rejoice. Dick Sexenheimer is back in Vermont. Really? Hmm. Matt and Blonde, please try to get him on. Also, Blonde, Frank is very Matt-like. Just keep uh, that in your mind if you ever need continuity. DVT. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if I get DVT'd and you need to carry the show, the show needs to go on. Uh, it's the Frank and Blonde show. It, it might work. Be, I don't know. You just can't die. I haven't been DVT'd yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so jet-lagged. Um, broad butts. Clinton campaign coined the federal Donald Dunk meme in... 2020 or 2016 election did they protesters to run around new york city in duck costumes with donald is ducking his tax return signs did they actually that sounds familiar i'll have to look at that you're probably right it's not only is it cringe it's not even original you're probably right and by the way um thank you bocevis i i didn't know sticks was back in vermont so i'll have to uh, check up on that Uh, and i hope he's doing well Matt and I were making love when Blonde pulled the fire alarm. How could you do this to us, Blonde? It was an accident. I thought I was opening the door. Yeah. Um, Phil, ding dong, the witch is dead. Another banker bites the dust. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Jeez. Jeez. Chris Gard. Blonde, regarding your kindness experience in Japan, we noticed that if you ask for directions from random people, some will actually physically walk you all the way to your destination. They'll go way out of their way. I know. I know. It it was people were just so nice. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Chris Gard, our music guy, by the way. Uh, Wiki Wiki song, Raja Mahan song, all of that. Uh, Chris's work. Oh, and of course, the Hero Soap, uh, the Hero Soap ad. You can't forget that. Yeah, that'll come. That'll that'll be making its return. Uh, Thank you, Chris. Surely shitting on the street. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Mint 20. I always say that at least in some... It's so good. Uh, at least in some limited way, Japan has an idea of how a civilization should be. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of problems with Japan, but it isn't falling apart like ours. I know it was like, everything was so highly functional. It was hard to believe trains are one minute early. It was what? crazy. Yeah. Well, I, it it, we're amazing. at the point where I can't even imagine riding a train in the first place. I don't care if it's 10 minutes late. I'm not getting on that train. Yeah. Public transit is out of the question in major urban centers in this country. Oh, it was so clean and easy and efficient and everyone was silent. Hmm. It was amazing. Boogeyman 917. I doubt it. Welcome back, Blonde. Thank you so much. Missed you guys. I doubt it. Thank you, Boogeyman. Idris. Reports of COVID-19 early on indicated the virus had large portions of the HIV sequence spliced into it. Perhaps that's why pregnant women are testing positive now. Yes. Perhaps that is why. That wasn't a plus. Could have killed us all. In non-pregnant women, so the false positive rate was one in ten thousand. If you've had COVID nineteen, it's two percent, two percent false positive. You know what else? My mom uh, sent me some information the other day. There are doctors who say COVID is related to deep vein thrombosis (DVT). Really? Yeah, I might have had a Rona caused DVT. This is a bunch of bullshit. Hmm. Son of the wolf. Yang was the pitcher. Other dude caught the frothy, creamy load right down his gullet. Oh, really? That's how I remember it. Yeah. 
That's a big game, man. Amber, the sober pickle maker. Long time no chat. Blonde, can you please walk me off the ledge and explain how selling feet pics is biblically immoral? <laughs> because in this economy, I'm really thinking about it. Wow. I don't know. Selling I mean, feet pics. Is it really? I think that the immorality probably comes to like knowing that somebody's going to jerk off to it, which inherently makes it sexual, right? Uh, God wants those feet reserved for your husband. That's disgusting. It's, it sounds silly, but I'm actually, I'm actually serious for the reasons that you're describing. Like, because you know, those are wanted for a sexual reason. Uh, and the, the sexual relationship is properly preserved between husband and wife because the sexual relationship is designed for the creation and the raising of children. That has to be right. That's why, even if it's feet, even if the feet are not a sex organ, you know, that's why people want feet pics. Demon Hunter Bear. Yeah. Matt, great job. Keeping the show going in blonde absence. And it's great to see her back too. I want to announce another great return. Owen Benjamin turns in stage. Wow. August 13 or October 13, 7 PM comedy never sold out. Is it, um, in Sandpoint? Where is it? Let me know. Well, good for him. Uh, John. Thanks for supporting the show, man. I appreciate it. We do love Owen. It was my black friend's birthday last week. I bought him a bar of blondes exfoliating soap. The next time I saw him, he was white. And he knew who his dad was. <laughs> five out of five. Would recommend. It scrubs off melanin. <laughs> Bye. All right. Tortuga. Blonde. Glad you had a nice trip and hope you come back sometime. My wife is watching now too. Hello. Um, I met Tortuga and his lovely wife and we had a really interesting and delicious dinner together. Uh, it was just so cool. It was just really touching. Glad you guys had really, a good really time. Touching. Thank you, Tortuga. Esoterica Unbound. Some other folks who were impressed with the kindness of the Japanese <laughs> were the occupants of Nanking in 1937. <laughs> it was Curtis LeMay that civilized them. Millennials may need to look that up. Yeah. But what did the Chinese do to that? Well, the Chinese have done some shit. All right. I'm not <gasps> saying oh my they God, deserve the Nanking, but I'm saying the Chinese today have done some shit. They have, yeah. Uh, I'm just joking. Uh, Nanking was a uh, terrible, but I question whether or not what I've read about it is historically accurate. That's all. Um, so rape we're in culture this restaurant. today is greatly overstated. It probably yeah, was greatly yeah, overstated yeah, back yeah. then too. Um, so we're in this restaurant, this like really nice restaurant, and we're the only people there with our Japanese friend. Uh -huh. And this group of Chinese tourists comes in and talks to the chef, and I hear them say in English, like we're we're Chinese tourists i don't know if they were from china but hmm. they like immediately said they were chinese and the chef straight up was like we're full get out <laughs> just get he just he just like straight up kicked him out of this restaurant <laughs> they, they don't even uh they don't even bother trying to fake it no there was no one in there but us hmm. um oil king the glomos treat us like robots lied about what to eat and forbid us uh what we want to eat vegan is death of mankind gag 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 i tooted matt did you read last week's passage I, I did not read the, the scripture, but I tell you what, if you send me an email pointing me in the direction, I will uh, I will check it out. But that reminds me, I forgot to make an announcement at the top of the show. Bible study season two is back on. We had a, a good uh, first session of the study on Friday night. But if you're interested in joining the Bible study for some scriptural analysis and consideration uh, every Friday night, nine Eastern, you're welcome to join the study live or you can listen back to the study on uh, whatever podcast platform you may use information on the Bible study homepage of my website, look for the Bible study link and uh, you get all your information there. And we hope to see you there. Even you oil King 
Um, but yeah. I'll be happy to read your particular you piece dirty, of scripture. Saudi bastard. If you want to, yeah, I, I suspect you might. Uh, we, it might be. I don't know. Is it is it Quran study with Oil King? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you can send me your your scriptural passage anytime you like. Thank you. Greg Huey, uh, they can't take what they don't know exists. I said it years ago. I'm saying it again. Don't be stupid, boys. 80s all day in all the common cows. F the government build on your community. Stay ready. I feel like so, I can't agree with that. I am not going to be niggardly. Uh, yeah, he's just saying it, it, they can't take what they don't. Uh, as far as guns, they can't take it if they don't know that you have it. That's why um, when he says 80s, he's not referring to the decade. He's referring to uh, 80% lowers or 80% guns. Uh, oh, okay, I don't know what any of that means. But they're even going after those. Like 80% guns refers to uh, frames or, or lowers that are like 80% complete, essentially. But you need to do a little drilling or machining in them to put the parts in that are needed to complete a firearm. But as far as the law is concerned, those ain't guns. So you can buy them, ship straight to your house, do a little bit of work on your own, and you can have a fully functional firearm. No matter what they say about these being some kind of threat, you've always had the right to manufacture your own firearm throughout the entire history of this country. That's all 80% uh, lowers and frames allow you to do. Manufacture your own gun. Interesting. Uh, do you want to Every American should do it. Thank you, Greg. Uh, you want to read a few? Yeah. Iron Road says, uh, on the girl college safety, Marines hold no bars even with uh, the, how are these pronounced? Uh, is it pug- pugil? Uh, the sticks that the Marine Corps uses in their training. I don't know what those are called, but they're like gladiator. You know, they do those gladiator fight things. The sticks. So even when men fight women with those stick things, uh, apparently they're they're told not to go easy on them. If she wants her birth certificate potentially revoked for playing football, so be it. Uh, wait, what's that about? What's the birth certificate revocation? The gender thing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I didn't know that about the Marine Corps. That That's news to me. I mean, even in that situation, though, I would still say I think that's unfair to the male participant. Like, men, totally. are, just, men are just going to have a natural... Uh, inclination not to kick a woman's ass. We have a natural inclination to protect yeah. them. If you ask me to go beat that chick's ass, there's going to be something in me that says, no, I'm not like, I just, I'm not going to be capable of hitting that woman with the full force of what I have, because it just, it, there's something about it that just feels inherently wrong. Cause it is, it, it just is. Maybe that's their strategy to win. Although they were already kicking ass in that game. So yeah, maybe, uh, Ogan Maddox says, were folks respectful when Hitler died? Bin Laden, same thing deserved for Feinstein in my book. Uh, well, I don't know. If it, that might be too uh, generous to Feinstein, I would say. <laughs> Incompetent Hands 30 says, uh, a black t-shirt. Wait, is Frank turning me on right now? Oh, welcome back, Blonde. Uh, Frank, Frank uh, I think Frank even wore, that's right, he did wear a black t-shirt. It was a graphic. It had a... Uh, what was the the TV show? It had some kind of like 80s, 90s TV show reference on it that I didn't know. But he even oh. showed up with the black T-shirt in blonde style. Oh. He is a handsome fellow. Uh, Holden Mulray says, Hi, Truth Seekers. Japan is on my short list of long trips. We may try to go next year, but I dread such a long flight. Hopefully no one on your flight showed signs of something called deep vein thrombosis. Deep vein. You know, I've heard of that before. Thank you, Holden Mulray. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. Uh, if someone like I've never traveled internationally, if I was thinking about a trip to Japan, how bad is the flight or is it not that bad? 
it wasn't that bad. It was on the way back. It was eight and a half hours on the way there. It was 10 hours. Oh, so it even uh, like not because of time zone change, but just because of the winds and because of wind resistance. Okay. No, gotcha. it was fine. And I did it with the three-year-old. It was okay. She only barked on me and peed on me once each time. Uh, Holden Mulray. Oh, we just read that one. Thank you, Holden. Slo- uh, slasher Brond. I'm surprised you were unaware of the basketball American struggle with the ceiling birds. <laughs> ceiling birds. <laughs> the chirping. The, uh, oh, the smoke right. detectors. No, glad, I knew because of the joy read thing. Glad you had a great vacation in Japan. You deserved it. What is the one thing you wish someone had told you before your trip? I don't know. I, I was like mortified socially a few times because I was unaware that they were so persistently accommodating. So I also had a friend, a Japanese friend that like, I, I didn't know very well before the trip. He said he was going to pick us up at the airport. And so he's like, I'm at the, um, I'm, I'm outside of arrivals. And because in America, no one picks you up at the gate. I just assumed that he was picking us up in his car, but like he was waiting, he had parked, he was waiting at the gate with us with like a little sign. Wow. Good and man. I just walked right past him. And then we looked at each other for like, for each other for like an hour. <laughs> It was a disaster. I just kept like this brash American thing. Like it was really bad. Even with Emmeline, she went up to a lady sitting next to me on the subway and she goes, that's my seat. And then the lady <laughs> got up and like scurried away. Oh, that, that's a little too kind. I would say that's a little too polite. If you're taking yeah. orders from a three-year-old girl. She said it's so me. She's like, that's my seat. Wow. I was like, Emmeline. Oh my God. Uh, thank you, Slosher. Very much appreciated. I am not going to be niggardly. Joshua uh, Judy. Josh. Yeah. Oh, Do you want to go or you mean to sure. read? All right. Go for it. Lon, I think that you're forgetting that Japan has a negative birth rate and is high in sexual depravity. So they are a slowly collapsing mm. system. Yes, but I think they're better off than we are because they um, don't have, they're, they're 97% Japanese in that country. And the remaining 3% are like miscellaneous Asian. Uh, so, and then as far as the sexual depravity, I kept thinking that these girls' bars were filled with prostitutes, but, but it's not like that at all. And, you know, even geisha, even geisha culture, those women are uh, lifetime celibates. They won't even allow you to be a geisha unless you're a confirmed virgin. There's there's no culture of like, I'm not saying there's no culture, but like there's a, a super hidden culture of prostitution. All of the um, sexual subversion stuff is like online, which is bad, but I don't know if it's not as bad as if it's reached the flesh. You know what I mean? I don't because I've never been there. I'll have to take your word for it. But thank you. The birth rate thing is a problem. Metal rules. Uh, Welcome back, Lon. Over a billion, two hundred trillion, two hundred billion dollars. Sorry, that was a thing for Josh. Mr. Christensen, mega for life. Thank you, Metal Rules. Uh, Thank you, Metal Rules. My gosh, we get uh, some really uh, incredible support for the show tonight. Appreciate it very much, you guys. Thank you. I am not going to be niggardly. Oil King. Rock, bock, talk, mock, walk in the room, seeing crows and bows, towing away my pearls. These goons will feel my boon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you learning how to speak English? I was trying to explain to Frank last week, like how we struggle to interpret Oil King's messages and nobody really knows what his, who he is, what his story is, or the messages he's trying to convey half the time, but it's kind of its own bit. But he's throwing money at us. So well, I feel like I'm, I'm going to keep reading these. That's why he's a Saudi Oil King. He's uh, He is. Yeah. Blonde, he also said, Blonde, could you please buy an ultrasound and tell us how much it costs? Yeah, 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 too, dude. Watching movie, the creator. Hmm. Buy an ultrasound machine? I assume. 
which at this rate, that's what I should do too. While you were gone, I got the bill for my uh, DVT ultrasound. So how much is it? Uh, you want the number? Dollars. Yeah. After insurance, and uh, I made a mistake by not getting excellent coverage for my family this last year. Uh, you know, I buy the insurance out of pocket to, for, for my family. Um, just for the the ultrasound, not medication, not the follow-up, any of that, 1600 bucks after insurance. Oh, my God. It's it like, probably okay, took cool. seven seconds to do. Freaking, I, I can get an ultra. Yeah, I know. It's like if you would have just given me the medication, everything would have been fine, but I got to pay you 1600 bucks. So it's like you want uh, a mortgage payment or you want uh, to see if you have leg aids or not. And I do have leg aids. Oh, my God. Um, Injured guardian. First rule of leadership. Everything is your fault. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's really uh, what I was trying to articulate. That there's something to that. The the point that Batman's making. Um, I need to reload. Uh, Hot Pockets says. Speaking of Philly, have you been checking out the Kensington Philly USA live stream? Uh, Trank stream. Probably one of the most insane things currently on YouTube. Be prepared to lose a few hours of sleep at night. I have no idea what that is. So it's probably by the sound of it, it's probably best that I don't know what that is. Yeah. But. Uh, Thank you for the recommendation and, of course, for supporting the show. Uh, Just one more here. Esoterica Unbound says, 36 hours before my wife passed away on the 6th, we had spent 12 hours in the car driving back from where her folks live. We still aren't uh, sure exactly what took her, so I wince each time you go on the DVT riff. Well. No, I'm sorry. uh, Of course, we are uh, very sorry to hear about the loss. and uh, We love you. You're very special. And hope you and your family are doing well. And, um... And yeah, sincerely speaking, um, you know, I, I fully understand that anybody can be taken at any moment, myself included. So I, I hope that I don't sound too relaxed or dismissive about these things. But if I do, when conf- when confronted with even the slim possibility of my death, and of course it was like more real, it's like 2% more realistic than it otherwise would have been. But episodes like that do 3%. Thank you episodes like that do make you more conscious of that sort of thing. Even if I was or am currently still at some elevated risk of death, I want to know that every minute that I had was used for a good purpose and that I had fun and that I was a force for positivity and enjoyment in the life of my family. And of course, in the life of uh, people who the lives of people who choose to participate and engage with this show, your wife would have been just devastated. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I make sure that my family is taken care of in the event of, of my death, of course, but you know, there's one like to take care of your fine, your family financially is a lot different than saying like you have two boys who won't have their father. I mean, I can't, I can't cut a check or ask an insurance company to cut a check that would replace me, uh, as father, as the father in their lives. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that you had to, that you've gone through that esoteric unbound, that you've gone through kind of so, uh, someone's abrupt departure from your life in that way. And that's a lesson that I know both of us have learned, uh, in our own ways too. And mm-hmm. so just to treat your point with sincerity, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a joke of the matter to dismiss it. I'm trying to have as much fun with everything as I can, even serious situations. Cause if I just feel like if I, if I actually did die tomorrow and I spent the last two or three weeks of my life, like just living in anxiety and fear and negativity, yeah, you know, to the, if I'm able to look back at my life in some afterlife state and think, God, I had that. And I wasted what I had, like just kind of, um, 
just kind of being a mess and being a wreck for that, that last bit of time. I I would hate that. I would, I would want that back. And I would, I would want to, uh, I would want to go down with the laughter that it deserves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I'm really sorry for for you and your family, Esoteric, and I hope you guys are doing well. And thanks for um, thanks for supporting the show, of course, and for all of your thoughts uh, that you've contributed throughout the history of the show as well. Let's see. I think we're all set. Um, simple tip. Or, sorry, simple. Tip. That's our system to collect YouTube and Tippy Stream. So many terms that I have to remember, and my brain is fried. So we're good on YouTube and Tippy Stream. That's what I meant to say. Uh, over on rumble looks like we're good. We're good on odyssey and we're good on D live. So, uh, God, man, I, <laughs> we pushed over three hours last week and I thought tonight was going to be shorter, but you know, here we are Never short. three hour show as well. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm so glad to be back. Thank you guys. All right. Well, as a reminder, we will be back on Wednesday with the call in stream as usual. Thanks for patience as this last month has just been kind of chaotic with, things that i had to do and me getting leg aids and blonde going to japan and just things have been just a mess for the for the last little bit we're back on our normal schedule and we hope uh, you'll join us wednesday or uh, or next sunday as well we will be back next sunday recapping all the week's news and if you'd like to find anything show related head on over to the website mattchristiansonmedia.com you can find all the episodes of the show you can find uh, t-shirts and other great things you can find my movie reviews you can tell me how wrong I am uh, anything show related you want to check out the bible study head on over to mattchristiansonmedia.com we will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday I still got to figure this out sorry Kristen Welker it's Ugh, not me at the I press that. I need a new closer but you know if it's <laughs> Sunday we'll be here we'll see you next week bye guys Thank you.